0: a mutual agreement with respect to the lawsuit for re- rem re- oh my god I can't say big words remuneration that I filed against Tecmo Limited claiming the payment of unpaid remuneration. Minu- 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 uh, gotta get down with
1: the gangsters. Hello and welcome to episode 166 of the TriGames.net podcast, which you won't hear until June, I think. It's February 27th, it is the end of February. Tomorrow is, you know, the last day, especially since it's not a leap year. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you won't hear this until June, like I said, so fuck you. Yeah, uh, we've got our usual crew of misfits, ladies and misladies fits. Uh, we've got... Pete on the drums, I mean, playing Plants vs. Zombies while trying to talk. He thinks he's me and Al, but he really is not. He is actually Pete.
0: Hi, I'd break out a drum beat if I could beatbox, but I can't, so I'm not gonna. Oh, thank
1: God. And uh, Al is over there, Mm -hmm. drinking tea or coffee or or rum and coke or something. Coffee. I should have done some whiskey in it, but I got things to do today. (laughs) Like drink. And I'm your host, Austin, drinking my my special Asian tea, which apparently comes straight from the motherland of Taiwan, but my dad got it in Chinatown, so it can't be that rare. Um, <laughs> shit, why not? You know, I'll, I'll, I'll drinks it if it's there. Uh, it is noon, and it is snowy outside. It's not snowing, just snowy, because there is snow on the ground. Pete, you guys got like a torrential blast of rain over the past few days, right? Uh, in, ba- in Boston.
0: Yeah, it was... I mean, it wasn't, I wouldn't say torrential, I mean, the wind was pretty crazy, but, yeah, why are we talking about the fucking weather?
1: I don't know, because the weather's what keeps us inside and play and makes us play what? Uh, and Plants vs. Zombies? zombies. Video games and Plants vs. Zombies. So that's what Pete's <laughs> been playing. Tell us about it.
0: About Plants vs. Zombies? I think. We've or talked whatever about it the enough. hell
1: you've been playing.
0: <laughs> um, okay, how about I talk about Heavy Rain? Sounds
1: good I'd brain. rather hear about Plants vs. Zombies, just kidding. We've heard enough about that shit. Yes, um, Heavy Rain, go. Three, two, one, go. Well,
0: it's really hard to talk about the game without spoilers, so my description now will be brief until later on, sometime in the future, when I can actually talk about story stuff. Uh, I mean, me and Al, you know, went in depth about the about the demo uh, last week. Well, it was last week we talked about the demo, right?
1: I think it was two weeks ago. The week before.
0: Okay. Well, either way, we talked We talked in-depth about the demo, and uh, the game is exactly like how the demo was. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you like the demo, you will like the game. Um, if you're into Quantic Dream storytelling, like if you've played Indigo Prophecy and you like the way they tell their stories, you'll like Heavy Rain. Uh, the game is amazing. It is graphically beautiful. The Uncanny Valley effect is definitely in full force because uh, the characters just look a little off i think the lip syncing looks weird like when they're speaking uh i don't know if it's a shame i don't know if it's because it's made by a french studio you know they could have done a different ver a different language first and it could have been originally programmed for maybe french or something like that right and then uh they could have localized it to english so that could have something to do with it Mm -hmm. um but and then there's the whole fact that uh people uh people have been bringing up that the voice actors uh, have a bit of a French inflection or uh, <laughs> accent. I heard I heard um, about that, yeah. <laughs> which I don't really notice that much during the game because, uh, like, the one FBI guy, he, he sounds like he's from Boston. Uh, he talks like <laughs> it. Excuse me. God.
1: Oh. Whew. Pollen <laughs> and, and snow and cold. Hmm.
0: And Boston people still sound foreign to me living Boston. here, so <laughs> uh, I don't notice hey any Peter. French- Hey, Peter. Hey, <laughs> Peter. I don't you want to drive the car? <laughs> huh? Huh? Um, so I don't notice Fossman? any real French accent. I just noticed the funny Boston accent. But uh C- Can you try
1: to combine a French accent in the in the Boston accent and see what happens? Me? Oh, no. no, I
0: can't. <laughs> um, Lauren Fossman. So, uh, I personally love the game. The only complaints I would have about it and uh, if you've listened to the Giant Bombcast recently, I will just echo what Brad Shoemaker said, which is that we got to say it I, in Brad Shoemaker's
1: voice you got to sleep it in Brad's voice, like, really deep.
0: I can't do voices. I'll just <laughs> sound like myself sl- trying to do a silly voice, well, and this, I'll sound retarded, really sound so I'm like, not going to do it. This doesn't
1: really sound like Brad either, so you can just go
0: ahead and no, do it. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I'm going to echo what he said, which is that, like, I was able to just, with this game, I was able to just play through it, and any choices I made, I stuck with them. But there were a few moments where I had to restart or, like, just turn it off and reload because of the controls. Uh, mainly when making decisions, sometimes it's hard to see which button corresponds to what. And uh, I I'm... could see
1: that from the from the quick. Sorry to interrupt, but I could see that from like the way that the interface goes and the quick look that I saw yeah. that bomb. Like th- sometimes they're small and they're just floating around the character's head, and if you get exactly. lost in the background, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah,
0: so like there were times where I knew the decision I wanted to make or the what I wanted to say, and I hit the wrong button, and that was just not the decision I wanted to make. So I did reload it. But other than that, I just. Uh, any decisions I made, other than that, that like even if they turned out bad, I stuck with them. Although I will say that my playthrough, I was very happy with. I was able to uh, keep all four characters alive for, throughout the story, and um, I got I, I got what I feel is the full like the full narrative. Um, because obviously, if a character dies, you're going to lose their narrative string. But from you know from what I hear, that alters the stories for the other characters. So. Uh, I, I, I am playing through it again. Uh, I, the first time I played through it, I played it on uh, medium difficulty because I was playing with my girlfriend. But um, I wound up having to beat the game without her, so uh, hopefully she'll get a chance to play through it herself. But I'm playing it through again by myself on a harder difficulty now. Uh,
1: oh, wow. She can't handle shit. Des can handle yo shit. Why are you trying to talk <laughs> shit about her? Mm-hmm. Yo, Des, Des, you going to let him do that to you? You don't love <laughs> do that to you, Des.
0: She, she is right over there, and she will agree that uh, she was having trouble with it on the medium difficulty because some of the uh, some of the more intense fights and the quick time events, she's not used to the motion controls of the PS3 controller. Um, so like when it's like you know asking you to react really quickly and wave the the controller in a certain way, like yeah. she'll just kind of spazz out. But it's Six not her fault It's not her fault. She doesn't really play PS3 games very often. So, um, play Beyond. <laughs> I do want to mention, outside of the actual story and game itself, that... Is this living? What? I said,
1: is this living?
0: I don't get that.
1: You mentioned PlayStation 3. Is this living? This is living.
0: Is this their new ad campaign? It
1: was, it was an old one. They, they used to oh. like, throw a commercial, oh, this is living.
0: Okay, I don't watch ads because I don't watch TV. Um, the was, only I, ad I don't I...
1: think it was even on TV. It was on, like, a t- I don't know. Go ahead. Go ahead, I you, you TV-less Beyond. person.
0: So, anyway... uh. The thing I want to say about Heavy Rain is that I did check it out from GameStop and I beat it while, it was, while I had it checked out. But I, even though I beat it and I, like, brought it back after I beat it, I did decide to purchase it because I want to s- support – and I purchased it new. Like, there was a used copy I could got for cheaper, but I purchased it new because I want to support Quantic Dream and these Aww. type of games. And hopefully anybody else who is interested in this will also buy it new because, Aww. yes, uh, support these type of games so that they will come out. Um, Support
1: that shit when it's 50 bucks.
0: Yeah, plus I don't want to... Wait, no, not yeah. Support it now.
1: <laughs> no, I don't like this new standard of 60.
0: Well, then you're part of the problem of why these games don't come out. Um. Anyway... Uh, the industry's the fucking problem, well, you know, that We can talk about that later. About
2: what, how much of the money that you pay for a game goes to what? would really be interesting. I don't know if we ever discussed that or anything, but that was a recent article on
3: Kotaku.
0: I mean, I agree with you, Austin, that it sucks that the games cost $60, and it's ridiculous, and, like, I agree with your your standpoint of you will only support games once they go down to $50, but the fact of the matter is that the only way to show support to the developers right now is, like, they're going to, you know, NPD numbers matter, things like that, like, launch numbers matter, so, you know, if I have to pay $60 to show them support right now, I'm willing to do that, um... Uh, but this is me because I'm way into this developer and into these type of games. So I understand your standpoint as well. I'm not really saying you're part of the problem. I know that because I'm not. <laughs> anyway, uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, I was just going to say that I didn't also want to run into the same problem where like I would have uh, wanted it down the road anyway, like how I did with Indigo Prophecy, where I've like probably bought that game like three or four times throughout its lifespan. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I, Al, I hope you get to it soon so that maybe me and you... Uh, and I mean, I don't know, Austin. I don't know if you'll ever get to it in time, but I would like us to do a actual story, to, like a podcast about this game and its story, because, um, I, well, Austin, you're not even a story, so fuck you. <laughs> but Al, <laughs> that doesn't I, hey, that
1: doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it if it's good. I just I Think that gameplay is more important, and it is for me. I
0: th- I think this is the most. The, I mean, without a doubt, it's the most story driven game I've ever seen, and there are. I want to talk about it in terms of writing as opposed to gameplay because that's where it's, you know, it's bread and butter is is in its writing. And there are things I like about its writing and things I do not like about the story that I really, really want to discuss in detail. But, yeah, I'll have to wait for you guys to actually play it. So how long are you
1: going to remember? Check back in like three years.
0: <laughs> how long am I going to remember? <laughs> yeah, because, um... So if we do electric booting, and I'm like, I don't fucking remember that. Mm-hmm. No, um, well... Stop smoking pot! <laughs> I stopped a while ago. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, with thing, like for if you ask me questions about Heavy Rain – or not Heavy Rain. <laughs> look, see, I can't remember what game I'm fucking talking about. Oh, if you were to ask me questions about Indigo Prophecy, I would be able to remember a great deal amount of that story. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to probably remember exactly which scene came where and in like what sequence. That's but okay. I do pretty much remember the story. So – uh heavy rain i will definitely be able to retain the story for for probably at least over the next year especially since i'm going to probably replay it multiple times okay so if you guys get to it within the next couple months or so we should be good to talk about it um other than that the only th- other thing that i was playing was i don't think i actually fuck i don't think i actually played anything else so yeah uh plants versus Zombies. <laughs> i'm gonna go back to beating this guy you someone else talk <laughs> well with that
1: Memory block unlocked. Algo. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: well, they some... need. I'm sorry. Wait, mm-hmm. real
0: quick. I just want to say, you know how they have the Super Mario keychains? Yeah, Do, where it goes like. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, cool yeah. Noise. They need one like that for that noise. I want it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can. Uh, I can send it to you as a ringtone. I'll tell you the story about that coming up. Okay. Go, go ahead, go ahead Al. Al. Sorry. Okay. Nope. Jinx. Problem. Knock on wood.
2: Anyway, um, it's knocking, bitch.
1: It's knocking.
2: I want to first talk about something I forgot to talk about last week, which was.
1: Uh, <gasps> oh my God! It's a Pete.
2: Yeah, well, that's because I came in late and I didn't have enough time anyway. Um,
1: no, what I'm saying, you are usurping his throne. You are, you are proving your dominion over his arts. Yeah,
2: especially since mine goes over a week. Ha ha ha. So yeah, um, bitch. <laughs> I played the demos. Well, some of the demos for Bayonetta and Batman Arkham Asylum. And I have to just say that Bayonetta is absolutely ridiculous, and I love it. And it had me when this big-ass foot came out of the air and uh-huh. smashed the enemy or kicked the enemy. <laughs> I, I was just like, "That that's fucking awesome. It, in, even in the training, it was just fucking crazy. Um, With the witch time and everything? Oh, the witch time is awesome. And the combos are awesome. The torture is awesome. And just... The, you can cook, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. When you
1: say torture, you mean when when you um when you kick them into like an iron maiden or something? Yes. Shit? <laughs> you can you can <laughs> knock great. them into an iron
2: maiden, into a guillotine, oh, man. Or some other stuff. Um, there was uh oh, you can kind of combo enemies and then get out of a combo with shooting. And if you do like a, a full circle and one of the attack buttons, you actually wind up doing a bullet time kind of like uh equilibrium. You know, right, uh, gunfu thing
1: gun kata,
2: yeah, gun kata, right? That's what now
1: I want to watch that movie. Thanks a lot. i got to stop the- you it. You guys go ahead, I'm gonna go eat breakfast and watch this movie. <laughs> no, um, continue. And
2: that that looks really nice, like, that is you know, it brings me back to when I was working for claim and my friend and I had just seen Equilibrium and we were like, we need to make a game based on Equilibrium, and the guys <laughs> were like, no, and then they <laughs> went to come out with a game based on 100 Bullets that had. That, that was the same thing gun kata in it and it yeah. sucked <laughs> but, wait
1: wait wait I thought you said it was good when no, it was when they were developing it
2: when they were developing it but the thing is like it, it was good but then there was some points where it, it, I mean granted it probably would have been better if the game actually was completed but there was a point where the person would kind of bug out and just stand there and like do like a, a step they, they would step like their foot on the ground in rhythm and they would just shoot forward but people all <laughs> around them would get killed. It, it it was broken, but it was an <laughs> alpha kill, so... They're all dead. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, I say it sucked in comparison to what Bayonetta did with it. What Bayonetta I did... I see. It, it looks really nice and fluid, and, you know, granted, she's got guns on her hands and on her feet. It's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. She can do a gun kata with just her feet. She likes... I, I don't even want to begin to explain it, but... Shooting
1: bullets from a feet! <laughs> but Jeez. the
2: game had me when... I did a combo and this, this long ass, big ass leg just came out of a portal and kicked the <laughs> enemy. I was like. <laughs> and then I did another combo and she stomps on him and then the foot comes out from the sky and like stomps on him. I'm like,
1: all right, that's it. Is it kind of like Jax's Fatality from World of Combat 3? Yes, kind so he, of. Where he grows and just a big foot comes. Yeah,
2: except there's like a, a little mini Jax then and they're like doing the same actions. So I, I, I thought that was. Oh, bad.
1: I see, I see. So it's like pantomiming. I gotcha.
2: Mm-hmm. So um yeah I'm definitely getting that. And um Arkham Asylum, I only played like 2 minutes of it and uh the the moves were pretty cool. I like the the way the um moves kind of really <laughs> What the hell's going on? Pete, I'll what's up? To, I, I oh, he's listening to, to the song at the end. Oh. <laughs> 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 Sorry. I man. love that song. Um <laughs> Uh Yeah. So the, the the moves really look like they're they're bone crunching. Like when Batman is attacking the people. Uh, in the tutorial, that's all I really managed to do before I had to like turn it off and like do something else. And uh, I still haven't played the Marvel Ultimate Alliance two demo that I have on my Xbox, which is sad. But moving on. Let me to... stop you for a quick second.
1: Go back to the Batman thing. Like, I I've heard about this rhythmic type of combat. Can you expand on that? Because I'm very curious what it's like from your standpoint. Not
2: really sure. Um, only because I only did the tutorial, which really, um, goes over
1: attacking, defending, and countering. Oh, it doesn't go, like, into, like, attacking against a whole wave of groups?
2: It does do that, but, um, it was, it wasn't really too detailed. Like, I think the only group that came out that I attacked, uh, was for counters, and I was just, like, showing off, kind of, and I would counter people while standing with my back toward them. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He's <laughs> still listening to this song. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: I have my back toward them, and he would like counter them, and it would look so funny because uh, you know, it's like he doesn't see them, but he knows they're coming. So I, I like that kind of stuff. But I'll probably elaborate on it next week if I manage to get time to play right. more of the demo. Yeah, but um, on to what I've really been playing all week, which is Final Fantasy XII. Um, I have forty five hours logged into the game and oh. uh, I really have no real clue of how many more hours it's gonna be before I finish it. It might be another <laughs> fifteen or twenty.
1: you sound like you're 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 tortured by this 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 inner
2: torment I'm inner tormented innerly tormented <laughs> because I wanted to finish the game by Tuesday
1: right right,
2: and Tuesday's just around the corner, and I'm not gonna get to play today because I have so much th- so many things that I have to do, and um I really, I mean, I didn't get to play it yesterday, and I didn't get to play it today, which, you know, if I had my way, that could have been 16 hours that I could have put into the game. But I won't get to play it till tomorrow, right? and I don't even know how long I'll be able to play it then. So, so you basically
1: lose the potential to have beaten it today.
2: Right. Depending on um,
1: depending on if it actually really is only fifty five hours or if it goes on to like hundred and seven like Xenogears. Well, right,
2: because see the thing is with um with Final Fantasy XII the problem is that you have six characters and there's no residual experience so you have to level okay. each character on your own. Right, right. Um, you get to have a party of three, which is
1: okay. Back to the Final Fantasy six days. Yeah,
2: pretty much. Except in Final Fantasy six, you had like twelve characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, twelve, Wh- which made which would have made it tougher. Uh, yes, 12. I, I thought there were, okay, I, you keep going while I think about it, because now, now you got me on a, now I want to play that game too, while I'm watching Equilibrium. <laughs> well,
2: it, it is tougher to level up 12 characters in three parties of four than it is to level six characters in two parties of three. Yeah, um, that's what I was saying. And plus there are more things that you have to level up in, in particular with Final Fantasy six characters, because in Final Fantasy twelve, your progression, your character development in license points is given out to all the characters, no matter whether they're okay. In the party so
1: experience wise, no, but license wise, yes. Yes. Okay. So at okay. least you
2: can do something like if somebody, if you really want license points for a character and you're not playing with them right now, you can give them an accessory that gives them double license points, and not have them in the party, and they'll get double license points. Right. So that's right. good. And then another thing that's good is that um, the hunts that you have to do. Well, you don't have to do, but the hunts. For the clan, which I'm always compelled to do, but they're super hard because they're usually in areas where the enemies are, say, your level sometimes, but their level is maybe one and a half times the level of the enemies that are there, and it, it, the, the fights sometimes run long because the uh, enemies will heal themselves and you can't stop them from healing themselves and you have to take down that long-ass energy bar again. And Wait, like,
1: if they're in mid-heal, you can't just swamp them? Well... I, I and, and this is because I, I I only know the rudimentary aspects of it, of the fact that it's real time, but I don't know like how how the spells work and stuff.
2: I'll explain it like this. I fought a boss that had um, a, a spell, not even a spell, it's an ability, so you couldn't you know you couldn't stop it, but mm-hmm. it has an ability called restore. So you get it down to like thirty three percent health, and it'll cast restore, and it'll go back to seventy five percent, and. Um, those spells usually come out within two seconds, but by the time you actually see that they're getting it ready, uh, a lot of times it's already too late. It's too late but okay. not you can't even really stop it because you can't silence any named enemies. You can blind them and you can uh, slow them sometimes. Sometimes you can berserk them, but a lot of the enemies that are like really reliant on spells are the ones that you can probably berserk. Because then it it helps out. Because then they can't cast spells that hurt you, right? Because like
1: they're just going to keep on attacking. So then you got to brute force your way through those guys if you can't berserk them. Then I assume, right? And just like keep on hitting them until they think until you think they run out of MP, or what? Well, I mean. Not even. Um, yeah. some
2: of them some of the moves are scripted. Like for example, this this uh, hunt that I did, the restore only happened once. But I was a little pissed off because I had just fought a boss like the night before, which was a, a king bomb, and that king bomb was the Oh my god! It was the most annoying boss I've ever fought because it was the bomb. It Sorry. would summon uh, like four or five regular bombs, and uh, you could trigger it to um, do a chain explosion of all the bombs if you cast the debuff on it. So, which was kind of bad because like five bombs blowing up all at once is just not a good day for you. Uh, but after you handle the bombs, the the bombs also they they try and self destruct around. The king bomb so that they can heal it, and they, uh, they also try and cast like fire on it so they can heal it. So you get rid of the bombs, and they start thumping on the king bomb, Thwomping on, thumping on. It's okay, it's all good, right? Then he starts to like freak out when his health gets low, and he runs away. And as he runs away, he starts <laughs> crying for help and getting more bombs to come out. But then Pussy. he'll cast renew and completely heal
1: himself, completely oh. heal himself. And this is this happens once though. No, it happened twice. Oh. and I was like oh my god I gotta-! so you have, to, you have to chase after him and beat the shit out of him before he does that yeah you?
2: and th- there was this one point where he was kind of low and I'm like oh shit I don't want him to do it again because I was at work and I had to go back to work <laughs> and I was like fuck if he does this renew again I'm going to be sitting here for another 5 minutes trying to get his energy down and dealing with all these little bombs so I had um, executed some Doc- quickenings <laughs> and I, I managed to beat him from like I, th- I guess it was like 20% health And I took off that last 20% and killed them with quickenings. Which is basically like the... You know, it's like limit breaks, except you can only do it with full MP bar and whatnot. And I explained that before. Right. So, the bosses are are really tough. Like, I'm kind of almost afraid to fight the bosses sometimes. But Uh uh, I'm pretty much
1: still very happy with the game. And uh, also... Dr. Dre should introduce a song with, like, this is to all the bitch-ass bombs who run the fuck away. (laughs) Compton. Compton. Uh,
2: So, I... I, Against uh, my, I guess, uh, better judgment, but according to the judgment (laughs) that you um, suggested before I did look at GameFAQs to find out the progression, Mm -hmm. and technically, there are ten more segments before the end of the game. And... The problem with that, like, 10 segments seems to be okay. Like, I can probably, you know, go through those things. But being that the bosses are so difficult, I have to level up. So in order to level up to good enough levels to do that and then at the same time do hunts, it's probably going to be another, you know, 15, 20 hours, like I said, before I actually get to the end of the game. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of spoil myself on some of the optional stuff that's in the game. Uh, oh! But I was very excited about it, so I'm, I wouldn't have known, and if Bush I... Fish Willis is really dead! Uh-oh. Spoiler! Um, the thing is, if I would have done what I was gonna do, like, I, you get an item after you beat a boss, and you complete an area, and uh, somebody gives you an item to go back to that area, and open up a hidden part of that area, and do something, if I would have mm-hmm. done it at the level that I was, which was like 30, I would have gotten absolutely killed, but I would have been completely excited. But... Now I know what that item does and who I would face by using that item. And now I really want to get to level 50 so that I can go and get and do that part.
1: What's the level cap in this game? Um, 99. <laughs> Remember the days when there were no freaking level caps? No. On RPGs and then? Not really.
2: Well, no. 99, if you would. That's what I meant. Okay. I mean,
1: it's like, it, you know. It's kind of like a. All right, this is the limit only because
2: because you can't go any higher in. in a... Yeah,
1: a, a ninety-nine versus like twenty. What? What's it in Fallout Three? Twenty. Mm. I mean. Mass that, Effect that's... is sixty. Thirty
0: with the expansion. Thirty with the expansion, yes. <laughs> but the you...
2: yeah, Mass Effect is sixty, and Mass Effect Two is you, thirty. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah. I
0: don't. I don't
2: uh, get This level cap thing. To finish up on uh, Final Fantasy Twelve, um, it's it's really really fun. To run around and like just attack stuff, and you don't have to worry about you know oh I want to grind, and then you gotta sit and run around and constantly look for random battles and go and then go into this whole thing and then get into a menu where it tells you what happened. You know a lot of the stuff that kind of takes up more time in a uh, in a turn-based RPG.
1: The transition from map mode to battle mode. um, Does does that give it a Kingdom Hearts type of feel? I don't... And and remember, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts, but I've seen it, so it, that looks like much more of an action-oriented game when, I, when I've seen it. Yeah, I
2: think... Uh, I haven't seen Kingdom Hearts in years. But Kingdom Hearts, basically, you go into a zone that has enemies, and the enemies are around, and you run around, and you attack the enemies at will, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's That's just like think, that. Yeah. I gotcha. Um, and now, with the gambits, it's even more easy, because I can just run around, I don't even have to say I want to attack this enemy, I'll just run toward it and my main guy will attack the enemy and then the other people will do whatever they have to do and a lot of the stuff will happen behind the scenes which makes things a lot uh, a lot easier because of the fact that if you're sitting there going through the menus, by the time you want to do what you want to do, either the enemy's dead or you're dead, or the time window that you needed to do whatever the, uh, the technique or spell or attack was is gone so when you have the computer handling it on its own, it's it's nice to have. Yep, for this game. Yep. Right, so I'm done with that. That's it.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Are you actually <laughs> done? Done, or do you have more to go?
0: <laughs> that, yeah, that was a weird way to end your statement. What? I said I was done.
1: <laughs> no, no. That that's not what I've, I. I just. Oh, you're totally done. Then yeah, oh, it's memory said, lock. That's the only
2: game I played, Final
1: Fantasy XII. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> that's just oh wait, 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 wait. No, I'm just playing. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> All right, Pete had something to say for twenty seconds. What is it? One.
0: Uh, buy two. plans vs Zombies if you haven't, and more oh, games wow. need to end in silly ass songs. Hell yeah. Yep. Like N- it, it makes
1: me. It makes me want to buy. Um, what's a what's that game? Explosion Man because of the I Love Donuts song that I've heard. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> about <laughs> it's just, that. It's hilarious. Hopefully, but I also heard that some. game is
0: really fucking hard.
1: Oh, okay. The game is fun. It's, it's, it's a platform. One button so game. Should be hard.
0: Yeah, i probably like it because it, remi- it seems to remind me of N+. Yeah. 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 I played Demo and that was cool.
1: Um, all right, so what I've been playing and doing, I I, I went back to Ridge Racer 6 mostly after, um, after beating Assassin's Creed 2 uh, last week. And uh, just really quick on Assassin's Creed 2, I popped that in a little bit just to finish all the viewpoints. I don't get an achievement or anything out of it, but I just felt like I wanted to climb every building, so I did that. Mm-hmm. Um but Ridge Racer 6 I think the thing about it and and I've got to play Ridge Racer 7 on PS3 to remember if they do the sim- the same thing or something similar but Ridge Racer 6 kind of uh the way its progression happens is, is is pretty cool in comparison to all the other ridge racers it uh it, you're not going to play this game or like it if you never liked a ridge racer game before so that's a moot point to say like oh you should try it for the progression because that's not going to change your mind it's still crazy drifts. you can still drift in a 360 and still keep yourself on on the road so if you fancy yourself a real driver you're going to be like this game is shit what the, what the hell this is like super arcade this is stupid i like it cuz i hate driving um but when you all these um all these events kind of sit out there on a hexagonal map, kind of, if you will. Um, and it starts with one event, and you can choose. Oh my God! How to explain this really quickly without uh, without being uh, too vague? Um, so imagine that you're. St- I'm trying to think of another game that might do this. Um, uh, sh- okay. Well, th- let's think. Let's think of Mario World, right? Mario World. The first thing you get to do is you don't choose from one level. You choose from two. Right? Mm-hmm. The left the one on the left and the one on the right. And depending on how far imagine that depending on which path you chose, the levels keep on opening up as you follow one path versus the other. Now I know that doesn't really happen in Mara World, but at at the very least the left path takes you to the the yellow switches. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it the yellow switches? Yeah. So in in essence it's like opening up a, a different branch of things. So that's kind of how it goes in, in Ridge Racer where you start off on one level but you can start branching off into other ones. Um but they don't go so crazy so 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 as to leave you like one, way on the other side of the progression tree where you have to go all the way back down to the other it doesn't do that it just it keeps itself in a it, it keeps itself mostly to like three main branches i would say and it keeps going forward and each event is you know it it goes by event not by course so you will repeat some courses over obviously over the course of the uh, of your racing but as you complete, like, as you go through these branches, sometimes they, they, they reunite and intersect. So once you kind of take one path, you can take the other path to get to, to that intersection point. And once you intersect, it kind of it clears that area and it kind of unlocks a car for you. So as you keep on going through it, you can just keep on going linear and just keep on going to the end of the game, mm-hmm. but you won't unlock any cars. So you find yourself kind of opening one branch, going back and starting from another start point, and opening another, and then going down and opening yet another one below that. Um, <clears throat> or you can do it all in one shot, where if um, if an intersection point comes within, I think, I think it's a preset number for every branch, but it could be like, I don't know, it could be random. Um, you can string together seven events in a row. So that you just keep on playing them one after the others without having to go back to the main map screen and, and unlocking that. Um, so you can kind of hit the intersection point and and loop around the back. So it's really weird. I'm gonna stop trying to explain it because it's 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 hard to explain without actually playing it. So never mind. If you like Ridge <laughs> Racer, just I don't know if the demo shows it, but just maybe look at a video of it. I don't know. But that's what intrigues me about this game over the other ones is is just that progression. Um, and it gets a little bit addictive because you can see exactly where you're going and what you need to unlock. Whereas, you know, all the other ones are just like, oh, try this course now. Oh, try that course now. You have beaten three courses in a row. You get a Pac-Man car. Oh, you know, it's, <laughs> it, just, you know it just keeps going. It's linear. Totally linear. Um, something about this game that uh, graphically kind of bothers me a little bit is it's a little bit cold. Like, you know when you're watching a movie or you're watching any kind of... Th- any visual thing, like, there are warm color tones and there are cold color tones. Assassin's Creed is very much a cold-toned game, mm-hmm. which kind of fits when you're... Well, it's cold when you're in Accra, I think. I think in Damascus, it's, it's a little bit warmer. Yeah, a little bit more yellow. Yeah. And Jerusalem right. is very green. Right. And so Ridge Racer is very much a colder-looking game. And something that I've always liked about Ridge Racer's graphics... Starting from the PSP version at the very least, is it, it glows. It, it just feels very warm and like like there are a lot of times where you're running, where you're driving down the down the coast of something, um, and you're drifting around the corner and like the sun kind of peeks out from behind the mountain and it looks very. It, it just looks very warm and inviting, and the PS3 version, uh, which is Ridge Racer Seven, is very much that way too, and so playing Ridge Racer Six just looks very sterile and it's as if. You know, Namco, because this is the first Ridge Racer game they developed for, for the 360, or or not even for the 360, but for a, a I guess, an American console, if you want to break it down that way, mm-hmm. you know? It, it It's almost as if they didn't know what to do with themselves, which I know sounds completely stupid, you know? I mean, you, you, you get a system to develop for, you develop for it, case in point. You don't change up your art style. But it almost feels as if they're like, huh, this American device... How do we make this game appeal to American gamers? Let's make it look cold, <laughs> and, and, and it just and it's just like, you know, it's not necessarily a knock on them. It's just it, it's just the it's the only way that I can s- express how how strange it is to look at this Ridge Racer in comparison with the one on the PSP and the one on the PS3, um, and even the older ones. The older ones had more like deeper, warmer colors, e- even though you saw like ugly polygons on it. You know what I mean? I just popped in Ridge Racer. F- R-Type 4, um, R4, Bridge Racer Type 4, whatever the fuck you want to call that game, uh, because I was testing out my new setup, which I'll talk about in a second. And and that seemed very warm, too. So I was just like, you know, if it could seem warm on a regular old PlayStation with shitty polygons, then, you know. Um, but there's that. I've also been playing Osmos, not going to talk about that. What I've really been playing around with are two things. One, I got a Mol- Motorola Droid um, when I when I was eligible for upgrade. I got that on Wednesday. And that's where you get the Assassin's Creed sound from. I, I set my text message to the Assassin's Creed sound when you um when you get a flag or, or sync up a viewpoint or whatever. Uh, except it's not that exact sound. It's uh it, it's if you're in Accra and you're walking around, that sound is actually part of the of the music, part of the soundtrack. Except it's played by a piano. So I use that one for my text messages, and then I use the the actual one, the louder one, for my emails that come in. So I've been I, I I've been playing around with that, but to get the piano one, well, to get the other ones, it was easy. Like I just went onto YouTube and I and I was like, oh, v- sync sync up viewpoint, and there are tons of videos of people climbing the big chapel in Accra, you know, the the highest viewpoint in the game, mm-hmm. uh, and syncing up that point, and then hearing the the, the <laughs> noise, and and so I just. Wave recorded that off of YouTube But the piano one was kind of harder to get and, and, and I was and I heard that while I was Looking for the, the the official Not the official one, but the louder one And I was like, oh, that'd be a cool thing to do But all the videos, like, that noise plays While they're, like, climbing something So instead of just hearing the doo 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 piano did You'd also hear him going Ugh, eh, eh. Like climbing buildings And all this random noise And I'm like, I can't have that on my ringtone So eventually I just went, like, I was like, fuck it I'm going to hook my laptop up to my 360 audio and play through Acra and just wait for that sound to come across and just record it. And I'm going to climb the highest viewpoint so you can't hear any of the hustle and bustle um, of the town below so that when that sound plays, I can record it. Well, by the time I reached the top of the steeple, the music had stopped looping. So all you heard was the wind. And I was sitting there for about 60 seconds waiting for it to come up again, and I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't think this is coming up. So I just, I just jumped off and died. <laughs> that. if I died yeah, if I died um, T-Secret Eyes if I died, they'd start me near the chapel again and if I was fast enough, I could climb up to the to the height, to to the windy heights where you heard nothing but the wind um, before the song stopped looping, and then I realized that if I paused the menu and I brought up like the options you could just turn off all the sound effects and all the voice acting, so I was like, duh so I just turned off that, and I waited for the music to come out, and I recorded it, and now it's on my phone uh, so that was, that was The only reason that I put in the first Assassin's Creed, which is kind of sad, which we'll talk about in a second for our Let's Rebooting. Um, But yeah, that game, nowhere near as good as the second. Only good for phone rings and shit like that. Only good
2: for phone rings.
1: (laughs) Only good for phone rings. Uh, Such as this one
0: right here. I like that sound. I love that noise. I don't know what it is. I really like that sound. That's the one (laughs) from when you uh, sink.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the that's the sinking one or when you grab I'm, a flag or anything like that.
0: Right. Like oh wait, no, that's not the ex is that the same thing as it's when just, you're on top of a tower? It's the same one. Remember. Yeah, it's the same one. Okay. All I remember is that in the first game when the first time I went up that tower and every time after that I would I would hear that noise and I always thought to myself, I would love that as like a tone on my phone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I can set it to you. Um so that's what I was doing for the first part and, and just really quickly I got a I got a new TV cuz I was tired of of all all the switching between the wires and the VGA boxes and the progressive scan VGA box versus the interlaced VGA box going into my monitor and switching all these wires around and then, like having to do the stupid dance when I turn on my PS2, it starts off in interlaced. And when I put in when I put in Shadow of the Colossus or some other game that supports progressive, I have to switch it in the main menu. So after I switch it, then the screen goes berserk and and shows two images at once. So I have to, un- <laughs> un- so I have to unplug the component cable from the interlaced VGA box and put it into the progressive VGA box, and 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 then like. Hit the A, hit the X button, and then it sets the progressive scan, and it works again. Or even the Xbox, where it boots up in interlace because the dashboard's in, in 4DI, not progressive. Mm. So when it boots up, you know you can't see anything for a second, and if you accidentally press a button while you're on the dashboard while it's loading the game that you want to play. You don't know what's going on because the screen's off and it's not showing anything. So then you have to switch it back to it. In- I uh, uh, sounds like a uh. lot of shit. Oh my god, this it's the only it's the only reason why I have not touched my PS2, or my Wii in the past, like, almost year, because my 360 was hooked up, and that required no switching around, obviously, because it's on the VGA cable. It's like, you know what? I don't want to fucking deal with it. I, I, No, no. I want to play Mad World, but no. I don't want to, you know... Is Mad World in Progressive? No. Right. So I was like, no, I don't... mm, ah, uh, uh." So I just said, forget it. And I haven't played the Wii since, like, since... uh, Okay, so not a year, but when did Mad World come out? March? Yeah,
2: March last year.
1: So... Not since April. Well, that's a lie. I did take it out to the living room to play Tiger, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, y'all. no longer a golfer. <laughs> um, and I, I played that on the big TV because I didn't have to switch around. But, like, I haven't touched any other console in my own room where my gaming setup mostly resides. Um, even the Dreamcast, yet, you know, it's all that switching around. And I've, I've been having a, a big Radiant silver gun itch for the longest time. And I don't want to put my Saturn on the stupid... <sighs> so I went out and bought a two hundred dollar T V. There's no lag. The guy actually let me test it out in the store, um, with my PS two because I brought my PS two Slim and before I wrap it up I just wanted to give this lion ass motherfucker story. Again, which isn't a lion ass <laughs> motherfucker. He just he just didn't really know what was what. So I'm I'm standing in front of the TVs and I'm like, Hey, can I you know, can I ask you a question? Can I possibly test um one of these smaller TVs out with the PS2 because I want to make sure that doesn't lag. And he was like, I, I don't know what you mean. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes it's it's the, um, I don't know what you call it, the pixel response time maybe or something else, but whatever the case may be, sometimes when you play video game systems on on these TVs, especially ones that don't go into HD, uh, they, they start lagging. And he was like, oh, well, it wouldn't be the TV. It'd be the cable, which That's obviously not. is... It is, is the false.
2: processing of the television to convert yes. the resolution to its native resolution.
1: It's the upscaling chip. It's a scaler. Yes. And I didn't want to sit there and explain it to him. I was just like, listen, I've had experiences where you know I've played um, non-HD consoles on a certain Samsung TV that was 23 inches that was really good for gaming, and that turned out alright. And then I've Played it on my own Sony TV, which is a 50 inch with the same cable, and it's lagged. So it's definitely not the cable. Uh, It's the cable. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so he was like, "All right, that's you know, like whatever. I don't know this stuff, but that's fine. If you say so, I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to test it." And And I was just like,
2: "Big ass console."
1: Yeah, I was like, "If you don't, if you know, if 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 it's gonna get you in trouble, don't worry about it. Like I don't even know if it's against store rules, but I didn't want to push it. If you don't want to, that's fine." Uh, But he was like, you know what, fuck it, let's just do it. I mean, he didn't say fuck it, but he was just like, whatever, it doesn't matter, let's just go ahead and do it. And then I pulled out the PS2, which was a Slimline. He was like, when did it become this small? What? Are they that small now? And I'm just thinking to myself, dude, you're a Best Buy employee. They probably stock this thing everywhere in the store. (laughs) Except for his department. (laughs) I guess maybe except for your department, but otherwise, how do you not know? True, Um, It's been like that for years. Yeah, and it's not something that was just like, oh my god, you're an idiot. I'm just like, wow, Like I'm surprised that you know you haven't seen this but anyway yeah that that was that was an interesting uh, other one but like it ended up good because he it ended well because he let me test it and and, you know he was very nice about it he just didn't really know much and he got a sale Um, out of it he got got a sale out of it but the thing is which 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 was kind of interesting to me was i just took it up to the checkout counter you know he didn't write me up he didn't write me like a receipt or anything so i don't think his name gets attached to that commission right which which upsets me because if you're if you're a salesman and you're willing to help me out, I want your name on that so that you get the commission. Maybe you're they doing don't get a good
2: commission. job. I don't even know at Best
1: Buy. Yeah, but like it's you know I want to give the guy credit mm-hmm. for for helping me out when you know sometimes it's kind of like a weird thing. You know, like you said, maybe he thinks like I'm gonna pull out a big ass console <laughs> you know, pull but, out but rock that wasn't band the case. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I I'm sure that people would have brought like guitar here or something, but it's like. That's why I keep Gradius Five on hand because that's a very good game for judging oh, yeah. lag. Because you need to have you know almost split second accuracy, not quite as much as um, Guitar Hero, but almost as much. You know, mm-hmm. and it, it's something that as soon as I booted it up, I you know I, I pressed the buttons to move on move the menu selection. I'll tell you, I was testing out my arcade joystick on the big TV in the living room, uh, and I put Gradius Five into the PlayStation Three because X-Arcade released a PlayStation 3 adapter, okay, and I was moving the arrow up and down just to select menu options in Gradius, and that was lagging. Mm. Immediately I could tell that was bad, so I'm like, I can never play Gradius on my big TV, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. But... And I got the small TV here, and no, no VGA boxes, no 27 wire switches, so that's done. Um, And I think we're done with what we've been playing. Pete, do you have anything that you forgot that you'd like to go back to? No. Yes, very good. And with that, I'll give you a... (laughs) Nice. And we'll be back after these messages. Back and we're gonna do a let's rebooting segment in which everybody can actually actively participate a lot well, because I don't we've know all about that. <laughs> we've all beaten this. Come on, d- 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 you'll remember this game. We've all beaten this game handily, and it's a recent game. That game is something that Pete and I were gonna start talking about last week, but we 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 got te- we got tra- uh, what's sidetracked. We've got sidetracked into uh, 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 very good topics actually, which I'm glad we got sidetracked. um So, we are going to be talking about Assassin's Creed, which Al uh, lovingly calls Ass Creed, and I call Butt Creed, because Ass is a butt, or a donkey. We could could easily say Donkey Creed. Before
2: we continue, I just want to know
1: if you uh, got that text that
2: I sent you on Thursday or Friday morning uh, that I took from the 13th Annual Interactive Achievement Awards with um, Jay Moore talking about Assassin's Creed being a name, uh, a game title that you could fuck that to. That you could fuck to? Yeah. yeah. That shit was funny. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Assassin's Creed. Um, Pete, you you probably haven't even seen it. Like, it, I was doing the QC for it at work, and it was airing on IFC uh, Friday afternoon. You know, uh, Interactive Achievement Awards. Yeah. Um, so, just to make that half an hour story short, uh, Uncharted 2 won like game of the year, and a whole bunch of titles. And, um... Nothing else really won. I mean, it was Uncharted two, and like I think, Assassin's Creed two won uh, an award, and maybe uh, uh, Borderlands or something. But Mm -hmm. anyway, yep. They uh, Jay Moore was the host, and he had this one thing where they were talking about games, and he said, um, uh, "No, he said Uncharted two, Ratchet and Clank. Those are great game titles." But it's they, just not fuckable game title or something like that. And he goes, "Fuckable game yeah. titles." And he goes, "Assassin's Creed." Now that's a game title you can fuck to, and everybody was laughing. And he goes, "Yeah, you could, you could." I think he said, "Put you can push your wife's head into bed and um, like bend over her and whisper in her ear, Assassin's Creed," and then she'll just suck her thumb and let you do whatever you want. And then what? everybody was "See, laughing. I don't
1: even understand the joke. It just sounds funny because yeah, basically, like, he's it sounds so ridiculous. If you say
2: Assassin's Creed to your wife, then you she's just all yours."
1: No, I get that. I just think I just think I don't know why that's funny. Oh, I, it doesn't seem like I, it <laughs> doesn't seem like something that should be funny, but it just sounds so outlandish that I have to laugh. Right.
2: And then the second, the last part of it, which is what made it really funny, was then he went Assassin's Creed Two.
3: What you we're can doing do it, twice. it again? <laughs> <laughs>
2: So uh, yeah, that that was hilarious. So now oh, Jay Moore,
1: apologize. always good for always good for a laugh. Once every couple of decades, mm-hmm. when he decides to be funny. Um, but yeah, I I, I just before we, before we continue, I just had an image in my head of like you you know the silhouette for this is it the Michael Jackson thing, Yeah. where like he has his hands out yep. to the sides, not up but to the sides. Right. Um, and I just started thinking, what if he had hidden blades? <laughs> <laughs> and there were two people be, on each side of his arm. Because that's what you do in Assassin's Creed 2 when you have two hidden blades. And you could literally go up to two guards who are talking to each other, facing each other, just, like, having a beer, maybe jerking off, and, like, having a conversation about, like, the Crusades that happened 300 years ago or, like, some horror that they saw. Right? You could just walk in between them as they're talking and do the Michael Jackson. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> and, and they just
2: die. I, and then you just walk away. Dude, you know just by you mentioning that that completely trumps running up to somebody who's running away from you and then diving on them and stabbing and them. them that that completely destroys that
1: oh it it totally does can can you imagine michael jackson's moonwalker and rest in peace michael jackson but can you imagine her walking around with hidden blades you know, a, a, instead of just saving kids, he could just do that to people. He or could have hidden he, like, blades
2: in his shoes, and when he does the in kick, instead of stars coming out, the hidden blade will come out and kick somebody yeah. in the throat. That's it. It's over. Yeah,
1: but I'm, I'm thinking, like, if he does his moves, like, if enemies jump at him from the top, I think there's a, uh, there's a silhouette of him on the Michael Jackson collection where the silhouette's in gold, and he has his hands up instead of to the side. Mm-hmm. And so, if he has his hands up and people are trying to jump down on him, he can just shank him in the balls yep. as they're jumping down on him. He should make a or, Michael he,
2: Jackson edition of Assassin's Creed Two.
1: You know that stupid that that really weird th- that thing that he does with his hands, where he flicks, he just flicks it around. Yeah. And like as he's standing still, and nothing's moving but his hands, and he just moves it around his body with a hidden blade like jutting out, and like you could see, it'll be like Soul Calibur when you're swiping and you see those like those those blur animations. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, may he rest in peace, should have hidden blades in everything he does. <laughs> he probably does now. He can do anything. <laughs> um, but yes, okay, so Assassin's Creed. Um, I, I didn't want to just talk about the game, but I'm sure both of you know, as well as everyone else, that the, I guess the amount of controversy that it stirred because of how... Well, I'm not gonna talk about I, don- I don't want to talk about it. you want about-
0: controversy? Listen to the Game Slaves and the discussion podcast if it was still up anywhere but it's not. Where me and Charlie talked about it. There was fucking controversy right there. <laughs> yeah, I remember
1: that. Dude, dude, seriously, if you have the MP three file, give it to me. I'll host it. But um do you still have it?
0: I'm sure I do, yeah.
1: Okay, good. Send- dude, send all that shit to me. Got I was like telling people to listen to Game Slaves radio up on the old you know, up on like old podcast feeds and like I found a feed that's still that I thought hosted you and I pressed the play button and it didn't play.
0: Because I'll give doesn't... you all the files. I'm sure people want to listen to a podcast that's three years old. Whatever, dude. I, It'll the, be the new end of game them. discussions.
1: The end <laughs> of game discussions were good. The, the, that should be preserved for poster. Maybe I'll string together all the end of game discussions and be like, we stole Pete's shit. It is now the property <laughs> of Tri because he gave it to me. Because he gave it to me through file transfer or something. But anyway.
0: But seriously, yeah, I remember what you're talking about, like the EGM stuff. It's and all not that. only
1: the EGN, and I'm not going to talk about all these things, or I don't want to talk about all these things because those could get long-winded, but you know, the whole thing about Jade Raymond, oh, she's hot. That's the only reason why she's on this project. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which which was completely disrespectful. I do in my remember that, yeah. like, you remember know, that, She knew what she was talking about, and they were just like, oh, they trot her out because she's hot. And that's and, and they do that for marketing, which they probably did, which is unfair to her. Like people didn't um,
0: believe it was actually her game, and it, she was like lead project on it or something like that? Right, right, right.
1: Yeah and by all accounts like by you know by all other journalistic accounts like she is a very intelligent person she's a a good designer or a good project lead and you know people were just like oh it's just marketing from Ubisoft. she which, held the same position pro- for
0: yeah. as Creed screed too as well right yeah
1: yeah which and, and I will tell you it probably was ubisoft marketing which which makes it even worse that her her own company is basically kind of undermining her talents not undermining, but you know what I mean. Overshadowing her talents by saying, "Hey, she also happens to be hot, so let's trot her out every time that we're, you know, displaying this game because it's going to." And it does. It that type of stuff totally does have an effect on the human psyche, and I think it's, I think it's just. And I ended up talking about it when I said I didn't want to, but I think it's completely <laughs> upsetting because you know, like I said, she's an intelligent person, and now all people can think about is you know her looks, and that's unfair to her.
0: Unfortunately, like there's no way around that though, because like. It, that's true. Like, it's well, it, true. If she wants to talk about it, you can't, she can't help that she's attractive, you know? So right. Like, it's like, even no matter what, she goes out there, even if it was her decision to go on and talk about it, you're going to have, like, especially the internet community bringing up the fact that she looks good. She put on the assassin's robes
1: and put the hood on so you can't see her face. <laughs> I, I, I was
2: going to say, have her. Um, that but...
1: actually
0: probably make her hotter. I, I didn't say that.
1: Uh, right, but I mean, b- before you knew what she looked like. So that, like, you couldn't see her. And, yeah, go, oh, know, what's and then after the game releases, you'd be like, ha ha ha, I'm actually really hot, but I'm also really smart. I don't know.
0: What were you saying, Al?
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, go ahead, Al. I
2: was gonna say, but you probably wouldn't um, relate to it, because it's a Japanese thing, but she should put on that whole um, gladiator slave thing. I don't know if you guys oh. know what that is. It's. I it, don't want to imagine. No, scary it's it's sound. awesome. It, it's like this girl in the game. She's like the... the Heroine of the game, or something like that, and um, she has a gladiator helmet on, and like um, just a whatever, like the the breastplate thing that shows underboob, and a skirt <sighs> with the um, I don't know what these things are called, the stuff that you wear around your waist. Anyway, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. What she mean. has like a gladiator outfit on, but the thing is, but it's sexy. It's it's sexy because she's a woman. But they had all these like images of her at the offices of the people who are making the game, and she's sitting around or just taking pictures with the <laughs> helmet on, and and the, the whole outfit, and it's so this funny. sounds so
1: random. Yeah, and just like I'm gonna I'm gonna show you Underboob and just sit there while you program. Her. No,
2: no, no, she would like be at the computer like programming. Oh, she would be programming. Yeah, well, okay. I probably just act like she's programming because she's just a model right. for the game. But she would be like at the water cooler with the, like, t- t- doing a pose <laughs> with the helmet on. And then they would show pictures of her without the helmet on, and they'd blur her face. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, J. Raymond, should like, put that on. And then, like, when she comes out, she takes off the helmet, her face is blurred. But then when you had said um, she'll take off the whole thing, it's like, ha-ha, I'm attractive. Reminded me of um, Sam Saran After you, like, finished Metro. you're like, oh, shit, she's a woman? She's a woman? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. But the 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 real controversy, I guess, that that, you know, I want to talk about because this this relates to us playing the game and how we felt about it is. Um, and Pete, I know you were all over this. Al, I don't know how familiar you are with the whole EGM thing and not only EGM but IGN as well actually. EG, one of EGM's reviewers gave it a 4.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Crispin. Chris, yeah, it was Crispin Boyer who gave it a four or five out of 10. And I think Michael Donahoe was the most lenient one. It ended up translating to a B minus on the new One Up system. Um, and Jeff Haynes gave it a no, not Jeff Haynes, uh Hillary Goldstein on IGN gave it a seven point seven and Jeff Haynes offered another take, which was basically a similar the similar uh, a similar opinion of it not being that great, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it, it was one of those things where Ubisoft, you know, had this was royally pissed at this and, and just I don't know if they they didn't they blacklist E G M for a while. You're the one who said that, right, Pete?
0: Yeah, they uh basically would like no longer send review copies to I mean I don't remember if it was specifically EGM or if it was all of one up or what I don't remember exactly what happened there. I know it was uh either all of one up or part or just EGM, but in any event, uh, they were no the longer Zips. sent yeah, they were no longer sent review copies of Ubisoft games. So then, then instead of like instead of them backing down and being like, okay, you know we'll change your score, which obviously they're not gonna do, they just decided, all right, we're just go go we'll go buy your games and we'll be late on our rev- on our reviews.
1: Right. Right. Um, spoiler alert, because we are talking about Assassin's Creed, just gonna lay that all right there. Spoiler alert. Forever. <laughs> if you don't want to hear this spoiler, then, you know, don't listen to this segment. And I'll, I'll, I don't know how long it'll be. And you'll
0: just have to live with that. But, so yeah. If, if you even played I, Assassin's Creed, the original Assassin's Creed by now, you're probably not going to.
2: True. Because Assassin's That's, Creed it, 2 it, it, is out and you'd probably rather play that.
1: You, I, I would, I would actually recommend that you, like, even though it's worth, you know, experiencing some of the story parts of the original Assassin's Creed, if you haven't played it, just, you know what, just, you know, grab your balls and just go ahead and play too. It's okay, it, you, you'll live because it's <laughs> to me that game is that good. Anyway, um, so one, one of the interesting things that I, that, and I guess I'm gonna go like with little bits and pieces here, um, surrounding both the controversy and, uh, and also some things that people said. So. Hilary Goldstein said he thought the story sucked. And not necessarily the narrative, but the fact that they gave the secret away right up front. And I found that very interesting. Hmm. He compared he compared it to the Sixth Sense. Okay. Saying that imagine if the twist in that movie had happened in the first five minutes. Yeah, it would and, be complete Right. Shut up. It, it would be it would be pointless. And I understand what he's saying about the sixth sense, but I think it totally does not apply to Assassin's Creed, um, and I can understand that, like you know, he, he gets a, he may get a kick out of story in a different way, but the way that I viewed Assassin's Creed, it, it, it's not supposed to be twisty in that way. Right. That's not and the so. Important I, yeah, part. and so I was wondering what your thoughts were on that, given the story, the the twist of the story being that. You play as Altair in the action scenes, but the, the game actually takes place in the present day. You're this bartender who's been kidnapped by this company who wants to, you know, put him in a Matrix machine, and which is called the Animus. <laughs> and, um, and And they want to use his DNA, which apparently retains the memories of ancestors. He is the descendant of... Some kick ass assassins, apparently, and so they want to you know use his memories to find out something, and that something is 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 you know it's it's even it's even too vague to explain here mm-hmm. it's not even for spoiler reasons. I just don't want to sit here and explain that so um but yeah, so that's the big twist, apparently, but it happens in the beginning of the game, and so you know, his argument, I, I, again, was just like, oh, why is this twist happening in the beginning? So wh- what are you going to say, Pete, now that I've set it up for people who may, who who haven't played the game but don't care about it being spoiled? Well, like good I soldiers.
0: Just say, I was just saying, like, that's not the twist, obviously. Like, they, they all but said, like, Ubisoft and its marketing all but said that that's what the game is about before it actually came out. Like, they didn't outright say you're, you know, part of this game is taking place in the future, but it was heavily inferred, and pretty obvious when watching their marketing stuff. Right? And the E3, the E3
1: demo, like when you completed that assassin and like the screen turned white right. and, it went, and it went to all this weird stuff and they showed I, – I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that they showed a table with someone who looked like Desmond lying on the table and they said, oh, you'll have to find out more when you play the game.
0: I don't think they showed that. I know they showed the uh... – like it kind of fading away, like matrixing okay, yeah. out or whatever. They at very least they did that, um, yeah. which you know was them definitely heavily hinting that there's a futuristic aspect to this game and that it's not all the world is not just what it appears to be in that demo and stuff. And like, right, you and, know it, what, was, and we, it was, and it was
1: going to factor heavily into it from the outset because you don't give something like that away right. at an E3 trailer. Mm-hmm. And when the game came, unless out – unless it's going to happen right away, yeah. Keep when going, the game sorry.
0: came out, everybody was all like, oh, this is, you know, the world's worst kept – or gaming's worst kept secret at, at the time. That's what everyone was saying. That's... But it really wasn't a secret. And, yeah, you're right. that The point of the story is not that – that is not the twist in the story. The twist comes later when you find out what it is you're actually – like why you're going through this guy's memories and what it is that the uh, Templars are trying to find and that, you know, the this science – like laboratory thing that you're in is like why you're there and what they're doing to you and um I mean we can just say you know like the whole thing with the piece of Eden and figuring right. out what that's all about that's the twist
2: yeah that that kind of gives you the reason for playing like at first you're just playing the game but then you're like why am I going after all these people why 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 did you kill my teacher and then you find out and you're Why'd like you kill my teacher? oh okay.
1: And it, so cool it seems, and it seems unrelated, and and a lot of it really is like the two storylines. But at the very end, you you kind of get at least you get that whole like, oh, well, um, this is what that piece of Eden is. That's what they're looking for, and this is the kind of effect that you, that it has, and that's why they want it. Because when you fight Al Mualim, and you know he splits into like seven thousand versions of himself, and he has a power over everyone in the uh, in the guild. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like right. it, it it ends up coming together like. Why you're killing those other guys? Not so much. Why you're killing all those all those eight to nine targets? Is simply you know, Al Mualim. You know he's a Templar and he's he's you know double crossing and he just wants them all out of the way so he can keep it for himself. That's kind of like the mini story behind it, and that's not entirely important. But the the end result of him getting the piece of Eden and him telling you his motivations, which which directly tie into, not directly, but but very much tie into the later. Um, Motivations of like Abstergo, which is you know, control, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I, you know, I, I maybe it's not the greatest storytelling sometimes. I think it was really stupid when you shank someone in the throat and they would talk to you for like seven minutes, <laughs>
0: like,
2: <laughs> I think that that which, is, which is, which is the by the way, is translating like doing something special, yeah. See, maybe. I think
0: that's the same, I think the same thing, Al. I think it's just inferred like information. Uh, that you're receiving that did not actually happen in the in what would have been the real time at that point when the assassination would have been taking place. Uh, like it's just because you're reenacting the assassination through a through a machine, you're just getting like yeah, you're getting I, secondhand knowledge by via that. I think
1: right, but for me, there's two elements to that. One, it just seems stupid. Two, like what they're actually saying. Um. Sometimes it's cool, and then sometimes it's just like, all right, come on, just just die already. I don't want to sit here and listen to this. Just die. And I think it's something that in Assassin's Creed 2, they really fixed. When you kill them, there's like five seconds, and they die. They say yeah. something, yeah, but then they, they die. And it seems – A, it seems like it makes more sense, and two, they take care of all the exposition that they would have said while right. they were dying – Earlier, while you're doing the investigations, while you're going through the whole process, and I just think that they handled it better. Like, that's what I was gonna say is that yeah. they
0: definitely fixed their their storytelling convention, like from the first to second game, because in the first game they probably weren't really sure how to express right. their story, and they did want to try it. Like you know, they were keeping certain things under wraps, so like you know, you don't really find out everything that's going on until the end. So like you know, through the majority of this game, you're just going on these assassination missions, and they need it to seem like you're on this storyline, and I mean, ultimately, most of the stuff that the guys say when you kill them is inconsequential in the big picture, and but, you know, they can't be revealing these important storyline things through uh, about the Peace of Eden and um and uh, Abstergo and all that stuff, and uh, what's the guy, the guild leader's name? I can't remember his name. Um, oh, William. which one?
1: Al um, Mualim. yeah.
0: Yeah, they can't really, like, reveal too much about him as you're killing these guys until you get towards the end, so you have to feel like you're getting during when you're first playing through Assassin's Creed before you know all this stuff. You want to feel like you're getting some sort of story after each kill. You don't want to feel like it's a kill and then just go to another one and like nothing's actually happening. So I think that that was just their way of trying to, you know, get some sort of player investment in the actual mythos that you're that's surrounding this game, and then. Uh, once they got to Assassin's Creed 2, none of that stuff was important anymore because th- by that point, you know what the bigger picture is and that's the story you care about. Right, right. Th- now, there's um there's another... Crit- uh, like, the, the biggest criticism out there,
1: and it's one that I share and, and a lot of people do share, is... And, and I think EGM was one of the first... Not the first, but, like, that was one of its biggest criticisms that everyone, like, kind of, you know, went to is its repetitive nature of... Um, you get to, uh, the town, then you climb a viewpoint, then you go to the guild, then you do investigations, all of which are almost the same thing. Like, there's only pickpocketing, um, there's only pickpocketing, eavesdropping, which, you know, I I didn't have as much of a problem as Hillary did, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, 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 informant missions, right? Then you got the side missions, which are, are side things, but they're not the main, you know, gathering things. And you do that. You do maybe two or three of them. You go back to the guild. You assassinate. You go back to Al mualim You get a weapon back. You go back to town. You rinse. You repeat. You know, and it's mm-hmm. just it, it, it's it's very very grating. And I I had the criticism though for the for the viewpoint climbing. I really didn't mind it so much. Um. But that, that was, was one my biggest... favorite part of the game, honestly. The viewpoint, yeah, because you get to see the whole city, and it's like it, it just looks breathtaking. Yeah, um, but you know, you've got that, and then there's this interesting. Uh, again, this is from the IGN review, and I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on the IGN review. It's just that there's certain things, there's certain things that I, you know, see here that I think are very interesting criticism. So he says, um, the moments with Altair are well told and interesting, though perhaps a bit too drawn out. But every time the twist elements come into play, saying that whenever you exit the Animus and you're walking around as Desmond, the entire game grinds to a halt. Over a 10 to 12 hour game experience, that becomes grading. I couldn't disagree with this more because the grading part is actually doing the investigations. And when you're relieved from that, every time you clear a memory block, it's like, okay, good, I get to take a break and uncover some more of this mystery. Right. And you know what I mean? And And honestly,
0: in those parts, you didn't have to do anything. You could have just gone to bed. Yeah, you could just just gone to bed.
1: So it's something that I, I, I don't know. It's 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 an interesting, it's an interesting criticism that I can understand from a certain standpoint. But just given what what I got out of the game, it's completely something that I could not agree with. You know, um, but the the most repetitive parts for for me were, were, was just it, it extended. And, and Al, you and I made fun of this when we were talking about Assassin's Creed and the voice acting. It's just everything surrounding it. I mean. There's, so it does a it does a really good job of portraying something that could have been. You, I'm not going to sit around and say that I was around Jerusalem around that time and saying, oh shit, there's that building that I took a pee on, you know. <laughs> but they did a very good job of 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 realizing this world that could have been and and structuring it as such. But I think the problem with that is, and, and this kind of is a a criticism that I had at Halo, is sometimes realistic things are repetitive. If you set a game in an office building, (coughs) fear, (coughs) and you render the office building as realistically as you could because, hey, I'm aiming for realism. I'm aiming for something that, you know, should have been. You will get very repetitive-looking levels. true. You know what I mean? Because it's an office building, and each floor would almost look the same. And so when you're walking around Damascus or Accra or or, um, Jerusalem, the, yes, the cities have very different feelings from each other. But within the city, it's not entirely easy to kind of discern one place from the other necessarily. And so, f- for me at least, this is the way I got it. Walking around the city is is pretty much a, a, a crapshoot unless I'm looking directly at the map and following it directly. You know, which is why that's what right. the map is there for. And I, I I'm totally fine with that. That's why the map is there. But when you get something, and I'm not even going to claim that I played this, I didn't, but I'm imagining when you get something like Grand Theft Auto 4, which is set in something that's supposed to look like New York City, you know, and you and you have these landmarks, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm going to cross a Brooklyn Bridge, I'm going to go to the MetLife, oh, I'm sorry, the Get-A-Life building, um, or or go to the Statue of Liberty City, or what, you know what
0: I mean? You have these places to go to, and in in Accra there was a steeple. That's what I was going to say, is that, like, I mean, the steeple, yeah, but like, I really think for Assassin's Creed, they built it uh, from the rooftops. Like right. You right. can see your landmarks from the rooftops, and then you kind of know the directions you need to head in. When you're down on the street level, it's really hard to see it because your yeah. view is heavily obstructed. And then, yeah, all the streets do look the same. Yeah. So unless you're staring at the map, it's very hard to, s- to tell where you're going. And I th- that problem for me con- continued into Assassin's Creed 2. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a game where you're supposed to spend your time mostly on the rooftops. So when you're up there, the traversal part isn't as hard. And uh, just to bring back, because you brought up Grand Theft Auto 4, uh, I noticed the problem with that as well. Even though they have the landmarks in that, it that is a game where you are stuck on the ground all the time and... Does um, it look
1: the same? Does it look highly, uh, largely the same from that view? Yeah, I mean, unless
0: you're going into oh, a like, a shame. unless you're like on a main road or like right. an area that you visit frequently, if you're on, if you're trying to take other roads or find other ways, uh, like anytime you're on a side road, it just, it's really hard to tell where you are in relation to other stuff and where you right. should be going. Like, that is why they put the GPS in Grand Theft Auto 4, right? Which right. helped a little, but overall, it still had that problem. So, I would
1: love to. I would love to see an open world game in Tokyo because there there's such diverse areas. You know? Yeah, I, I mean the same the same thing. The same thing. Yakuza, but it's all it's also not entirely open world. It looks like it is, but it's not. Oh, okay. It's not like that's the misconception that a lot of people have it because of the fact that there's a map in the corner, which is understandable. But it's really more like I was saying when I was playing it. It's more like a an RPG. Uh, I was
2: gonna say the third one, but I don't know. Uh, oh the third one I don't
1: yeah no you know I, I don't know that so you you might be right there but um you know yeah so it, it it's something that that that's so repetitive and then when you throw in that there're only three mission types it just gets so you know grating and I think like I, I also just feel like the mission type with the informant when they make you collect flags is just silly yeah it, and and only for like gameplay wise Gameplay wise, I actually think it's okay. Like, if they made, ju- if they just made a game about flag collecting and you were just jumping from ledge to ledge, because that, that kind of reminds me of the tombs in Assassin's Creed Two. Like I was saying last week, it's it's kind of like Prince of Persia. It's an environmental challenge. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but you know, in the context of everything else, it just feels, it just sounds stupid. Oh, I'm not going to give you this information because someone stole all my flags and I need <laughs> you to collect them for me, please. Okay, so you're gonna run around the city, you know, just picking up these flags for this guy while people watch you. O- okay, weird, and why are these flags strewn about in in the first place? Why weren't they there previously? And again, it's gamey, and I'm I'm not one to care too much about suspension of disbelief. They wanted it, but it just seems so silly in the context of everything else. I um, just
2: think it's silly to have flags strewn about all over the place, and then uh, only we when we you're we trying we we to collect we we these we flags, we we. you are uh, oblivious. Do they pop? You no, know, yeah. no, not even. But the the guards and all the other people, they don't care. When you're running around trying to collect these flags, but if you're not, then they're like, "What is he doing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's going to break his neck." You know. I think that comes down to the same problem that like just a lot of game developers have, especially when they're trying to tell a, a story-driven, like a game that's story-driven. Uh, they still feel the need to put gaming conventions into it. Like, yeah, obviously, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed was built with the story in mind and then they're like well we need to make this feel more like a game so let's put collectibles in it um i mean obviously i don't know i wasn't there developing the game with them but that's my uh you know educated so, opinion or guess right. on it um i mean other games still do that too where they like just will throw stuff i said when i talked about uncharted 2 i felt the right same way. i remember like, that they actually it wasn't so much Uncharted Two as it was Uncharted One, where they had the, tro- uh, the 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 treasures. But I mean, it is an Uncharted Two, but Uncharted Two did a lot better of making you feel like you didn't need to go get those. Um, so yeah, like it's just I think game developers. Uh, just to bring back up heavy rain there, that's a game where they knew what they wanted to do. They wanted to tell a story and they told that fucking story and didn't fuck around. And I think <laughs> don't other, fuck around. I think other developers who know they have a strong narrative and want to express that should try to focus more on that and not throw in. These are things that they think extend the life of the game. Right. Uh- you know and, and and like I'll echo what I
1: uh, I think when we had this discussion I was still on the other side of the fence where I don't mind gaminess I, and I still don't I just think that in this context the way that the, the way that it works is just weird it, it just feels weird because all of a sudden these flags just pop out of nowhere and it 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 seems like there's already flags that you can collect in the game and it 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 it, it kind of it's not confusing but you know it's it's like it just kind of doesn't jive within the game world, within the context of the game world. Like, the flags are there already, and we're in Uncharted, like, it's a given that you're going to have these things that you could pick up. But this is just like, oh, you know, find these... It just seems it just seems more arbitrary than it should be, you know? And, and, and again, like, you yeah. know, it doesn't fit... Forget it... Even forgetting about story, it just doesn't fit within the context of the game world is my problem with it. Right. Um... And Oh, and I finally got pickpocketing to work <laughs> after Yay! you guys did. <laughs> but I think pickpocketing in 2 is much more fun because, like, they don't make missions out of it. I think I think Pete already told you this, but, like, you basically – you yeah, you do basically just walk into someone. You hold down the A button, and you just – like, if you walk into a crowd and just bump into everybody, you just go – it just goes, bring, 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 money, 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 money. Like, every time you hit someone, it just bring, money, bring, hmm. money. And it's like – it's just I just got a kick out of like walking into a crowd and seeing like plus five florins, plus three florins, plus seven florins like float above Ezio's head, mm-hmm. telling you how much money you got, and everybody just like kind of turn around going, "Oh, what happened to my money? Where'd it go?" Arr! And then, like by the time they realize that it was you, you're you're gone. Um, but uh, so about the repetitiveness in this game, I think that the one saving grace of it was the assassinations and how different they were, and I feel like it would have benefited for them to have more assassinations with less required investigating. Or in a sense where and, and I think this was another criticism that IGN had, which I, I actually do agree with, is that you can't necessarily assassinate someone however you wish, though it is more flexible than in Assassin's Creed two. It's not it's not like Hitman where, yeah, you're you're dropped into this place where you have a given time amount of time to assassinate someone, and if you fail, then you fail the mission. But within that time, you can still kind of choose how to assassinate someone, whereas in this it's almost like you have to do the investigations, then you have to get to the point where you see some long winded dialogue or monologue by the target, and you can't move or anything well, and you then can why... kind of move, but you
2: can't you can't well, engage
1: right, you can't do anything. Meaningful. with that movement. You you just walk back and forth. You just pace. That's all you really do, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and actually, Hillary had a really good point in his video review when he said, wouldn't it be great if while they were talking, you just jumped out of the crowd and killed him and ran away? Wouldn't that be what an assassin would do if he wasn't entirely worried about stealth, which sometimes you aren't worried about stealth, you know? Wouldn't that be what an assassin actually does? Yeah! Mm-hmm. John Wilkes Booth walked up to Abraham Lincoln, may he rest in peace, and just fired off in the middle of a theater and then jumped onto stage and broke his leg and limped away. Or sprained his an or whatever. Like, he wasn't worried about stuff. Like, the, the target was there, the opportunity arose, and he took it. And And that's something that is, is, was really, you know, that was really dampened for me for this game and, and was the, perhaps the only, and I don't want I, I hesitate to call it a flaw, but the only downer the only real downer, aside from, like, little bugs and whatever, about Assassin's Creed 2 that I had was, so much was good about that game, and then the assassination was just, like, linear battles, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the one thing that Assassin's Creed 1 got a little bit better over 2, but, I mean, what would, you you know, do you think, do you guys think that would have worked if they did it that way, if they just kind of dropped in the middle and said, okay, you know what, this this guy may have a talk sometime during the evening, but otherwise he's going to be going about his work, kind of like what you said, um, Pete, about people having their own lives.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't think the, the drop-in mechanic would have... I mean, it could have worked. It definitely could have. But I'm thinking more of leave the open world, but uh, schedule every... Like, make all AI routines the same. Don't make one a special scripted event over the right. other. And just have... Like, if the technology at the point was what it was what it was... You know, hyped up to be like I said from when Oblivion was coming out, and they're hyping up the emergent AI and yeah. everyone on their own daily routine that could like change based on what their needs are, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, think think The Sims, but uh, on in another virtual world of some sort. Um, so like, uh, you know, where like all the characters have autonomy is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something like that would be awesome. I mean. Um, If you have to limit the amount of AI that is in the world and instead of having guards that constantly respawn and stuff like on the rooftops and whatnot, have just your set amount of guards, have them on specific AI routines for their like patrols and stuff like that. And if you were to kill a guard, that guard would be dead for the game. And so you open up avenues for yourself to, uh, you know, figure out your own way into the uh, target's pathway to kill him. Like – that would be ultimate for me. Like I think that would have been made the game probably as close to perfect as it could have been. Right,
1: and I feel like there's. I'm trying to think of a scenario, but um, like they they should make it so that you can fail a mission and you have to start over. Like, you know, if they've wanted to make the drop in work, like the hitman drop in mechanic, like because it, it, you're an inanimous. You know, if you failed, it, it's just it's just like in Prince of Per. If they're concerned about story, it's just like in Prince of Persia, when you die, the princess. No, 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 no! Wait, it didn't happen like that. Yeah, and if they wanted to solve it with that, that's perfectly fine. And from a story standpoint, it it works. It's great. You know, I think it's fine. So they could have done it where it's just like, you know, memory failed. Like they they do something in Assassin's Creed 2 where, like, if you and I accidentally killed two people, (laughs) like two innocents, like (laughs) a a message pops up that says, "Warning: Ezio did not kill innocents in his lifetime." So it's like, all right, you know, you sure it's a little bit, you know, it's a little cheat a little bit cheating, but, you know, it's within the context of the story, and there you go. Um, Let me see, so, okay, so, so, Demont Farah, right, in, in Accra, so, he's the one who was, who was, like, having a little, you know, hissy fit with, uh, with, uh, Richard Lionhearted, right? Right. And, you know, they have that whole argument on horseback while they're out in the front, like, where was he before that? Who, uh Montferrat? Montferrat, like right, and this is a hypothetical question. It's like, where was he before that? Was he in a stronghold? Was he out about town? Was he talking with uh you know Lionhearted? Yes, you can make the big event that argument and then him holding himself up in the corner like a little baby, but if you were slick enough or careful enough or sneaky enough, you could be like, Hey, isn't that him buying like an apple and some fish at the market over there? Why don't I just shank him right now? And just go ahead and do it but if you miss that opportunity there's still that big event that big scripted event that does happen you know and and that you know again that carries over in Assassin's Creed 2 and it's even worse there but you know uh, what else what other criticisms were there about assassin's Creed 2 um, you know and I think those are the biggest ones and something that I wanted to know is that you know for for something that's been considered an open world and I want to get your thoughts on this um, it doesn't it doesn't neither one nor two actually it doesn't feel like an open world game to me which for me is a good thing because i don't necessarily like open world games that much speaking specifically of something like grand theft auto like i tried to play san andreas and i just i was just like i can't do this like this uh, this is not amusing for me I, I don't like this game um and the same thing happened with vice city it's uh, it just felt so aimless um and maybe that's what it is because you even though you ha- you can do anything it doesn't feel like you all you can do is anything, and they don't do it. Like, they really guide you, even in the first one, to, to, to do certain things. And maybe maybe that's an advantage of the first one's repetitive nature, is that, like, okay, well, you know what you have to do, so you just go and do it. Um, but I, you two, having, I, I'm assuming, having be, had more experience with open world games, is, am, am I just off my rocker? And I know I am, but in this context.
0: I mean, I would agree with you in that it doesn't feel like one simply because the... The way the game played out, at least for me, is that uh, aside from going to do the side missions, which, you know, this is their way of pushing you out into the world, I just wanted to go mission to mission to mission and, like, just keep the story progressing. I didn't want to go really just wander around the world or just, you know, like, like explore things. Um, I only did that. Like I said, I I mean, with the first Assassin's Creed, I didn't get the full 1,000 points, so I didn't go collect everything. I didn't kill all the Templars. I didn't really do much exploring. I did... The I started the missions, did all the mission intelligence gathering stuff I had to do, and then ended the mission and just right. continuing that. So, and that's the way it felt to me. was like, right. yeah, it didn't feel open world because I just wanted to do what I had to do. Get you know, take shortest path of you know path least resistance from point A, starting the mission, point B, ending the mission, and but, not really look at stuff in between. Um, what about something
1: like Grand Theft Auto? Like, did did you approach that in the same way? See, because I would try, I would approach that in the same way. Like, I approached Grand Theft Auto. It's like, I didn't, I didn't try to do any side things. I just went from point to point. But it still had that kind of like aimless feeling.
0: Grand Theft Auto to me does is an open world game because I do uh like emerging gameplay comes out of that for me. Like uh I can distinctly remember something like Grant I'll use Grand Theft Auto 4 for an example. Uh right near where you start the game, there's this like rundown amusement park. And I remember specifically one time I was just uh I took a car to the amusement park and was trying to get it to drive along the uh the busted up roller coaster track that was there. Um and that's just something I was just doing to fuck around. And like there will be times when I will just want to drive around the city and or you know I'll do the thing where you get out and you cause as much mayhem as you can, and I enjoy that stuff in Grand Theft Auto, but like like I said with uh, Assassin's Creed I didn't feel the need to like try to mess around with the world at all
1: so um, so would it then be a product of how you approach the game as opposed to how it's built because now that I'm thinking more about it uh, uh, you know as you were talking i, I thought I, I thought about the the gameplay mechanisms in in, in Grand Theft Auto and i, I I got to be honest with you. I don't really like playing the game from a mechanical standpoint. I, I think it's it's sloppy, uh, and I just don't get what people like about it. So I I can't you know sit there with the controller and enjoy it. Whereas with Assassin's Creed, there's such a heavy platforming element to it, and Altair is such a a versatile character, uh, and and the things that you do are less about the game world and more about the game mechanics. That now that I think about it, maybe that's why Assassin's Creed doesn't feel very open worldly to me. You know, like it, it, the, in, in Grand Theft Auto, to me, when they were pushing the focus on to me, it was more about okay, it's the missions that you do, it's the places that you go, the people you talk to, and all the like, all the things surrounding that. Whereas Assassin's Creed, it's like holy shit, look, I'm jumping across buildings and I'm Michael Jacksoning these people <laughs> to death. And like, I'm, you know, I'm climbing and I'm running and yeah, it's all about who I talk to and where I go and what I'm doing, but in order to get where I'm going, in order to do what I'm doing, I have to do all these things that I enjoy about video games. I have to, and, and it's fun to do them. So maybe that could be it. I don't know. I don't know if you guys feel the same way.
0: I just want to say real quick, For I think it's a personality, like a, a personal thing because for me personally, it's the way I come into the games. Like I approach them from the very get-go when I mm-hmm. buy them. Like I know what I'm getting into with Grand Theft Auto. I know I'm not getting like like usually, I know I'm not getting some superb story, or I'm not coming to it for the story. Though I'm, four
1: was supposedly very big on that,
0: right? I didn't play four. I never beat four. I, oh, I okay. I don't even okay. know. I did play missions and stuff, but I stopped about halfway through. Um, for the rest of the time I had the game, I did just fuck around in the world, and then I eventually traded in the game. Um, and uh, same thing happened with San Andreas. I made it to the last uh, area in there. Uh, Cj
3: from San Andreas. <laughs>
0: And I never really cared much about the story, but I enjoyed messing around with the world. The only Grand Theft Auto game – I did beat 3, but I don't remember crap about it because uh, that didn't really have any story. And right. then I beat Vice City, and I did enjoy the story in that, but not as much as I enjoyed messing around with the world. Now, when I came to Assassin's Creed, I came to it for the story. Uh, so that's why like, I just did everything as quick as I could and did missions specifically just to get the story. I was going to also bring up um, Crackdown because that's another one ah,
1: where yes. Crackdown
0: doesn't really have a story. But it's, I don't know what what the deal was with that, but aside from the orb collection, I never really messed around with the world. Like, I did wander the world looking for the orbs, but only specifically for the orbs. If those weren't there, I would have just done the actual, like, gone after the main targets and finished the game and not have explored that world. Um, so I don't know what it is about Grand Theft Auto, if it's just ingrained in my psyche, like, from all the marketing and stuff, that that's the game that you go to when you want to just mess around in a world. Right, right. But that Which is- has now
1: been bestowed upon Saints Row.
0: Yeah, and oh see that's another I love Saints Row and I did mess around with that world as well. But that is also it's hard to compare because that is similar to Grand Theft Auto. I would mm-hmm. like to know if there's another open world game where I would do that, maybe something like Infamous or something.
1: And but just fuck Inf- around,
0: you mean? Yeah, but Infamous seems like a, a Assassin's Creed type of game where I would want to go to that for story. So I really aside from the Grand Theft Auto games, I don't think I've really done messed around in many open world games.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I think for me, then, it does come down to the gameplay, because I'm starting to think about, I started doing, a, like, a couple of side missions in as Assassin's Creed 2 when I decided to to do all the viewpoints, I, I ran into some assassination contracts, and I'm like, huh, let me just do this, you know, I'm not really an open-world guy, I don't really like doing, like, the only open-world game that you could
0: consider that I actually really enjoy just exploring is Oblivion, like, for some reason, I just love that. See, but... that's funny, because, like, that is, by all intents and purposes, that is an open-world game, and... I did explore that and for some reason in my head I don't consider that an open world game. I don't know if it's because it's first person and it's an like it's so heavily RPG, but when you right. say open world game, I don't even think of Oblivion. But yeah, I guess Oblivion and Fallout are open world games too and those are games that I do explore, right?
1: But so with Assassin's Creed too, like I was I was, you know, doing the assassination contracts like as a side mission, something that I would never bother with otherwise, and I was really having fun doing it. And again, it's because it's not just about the game world, it's about, like, all the shit you do in uh, behind it. You're jumping on buildings, and then you're shanking someone in the neck, and it's, like, the mechanics are, are sound. So I guess that's what it could be. I mean, uh, before, we're we're running a, a little on time, and, and Pete had some things, some interesting topics to talk about that I want to get to. But, Al, do you have any other uh, other thoughts about butt creed that are floating around in your head, either related to what we just talked about or anything else that you want to bring up?
2: Mm, well, well, not really.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Dead air. Second. No, 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 because I'm, trying to, I'm trying to unlock my phone and, and get the stupid uh, thing. Come on. Come on. Settings. Settings.
0: Oh, come on. You don't have any feelings about open world games?
2: I don't really play them much. Um, I, I don't really like Grand Theft Auto. I like Oblivion and Morrowind, but can't ever really seem to get where I need to go. Um, or, I don't know. There do you really is be... anything else. I mean, I don't think Assassin's Creed is an overworld world game. I I just don't because of the direction and right. how limited the game directs you. It's not like you can go into Jerusalem, Damascus, Acre, and get jobs from other people to do other things. You're only going there to assassinate the people, and that's it. You're in and out.
1: Right. The the. Uh... There's a certain element of that, and it's it's definitely a lot more apparent in two, or even if you follow the main storyline, there are like I said, there are assassination contracts, and there are all these different side quests that you can do, and that's that's basically what an open world game has. game, most open world games have been thus far as you know, you you have that main story, but you have side quests. Right, you have and, the
2: ability to venture off the beaten path and explore nooks and crannies. Or you don't really get that opportunity in, right. in Assassin's in Creed. I mean the, the only thing that you really get to do uh as a result of exploring nooks and Cranes is pick up flags. And honestly, you know, there are other games that aren't open world that have features like that.
1: I mean they're saving the citizens, I think, but that's about it, right? Yeah,
2: but I don't consider that a side quest. You know, those are there and they're they're not they're just things that you can pick up along the way. Uh, that you don't actually have to go anywhere else to do. It's not like you go to the citizen and they go, "Oh, someone's kidnapped my child. Can you go save him for me?" Right. And then the child is like somewhere else.
1: Right. So, and and I think that that maybe when you dip into Assassin's Creed Two, I want you to play that game so bad it's so good. When you dip into that game, um, I think maybe maybe they'll have that for you um, with with all the side quests that you can run into. So um, maybe that might feel more like an open-world game to you, but, again, for me, because of the way it plays, it—it—it, it, 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 although I know that it is an open-world game, it, it just never felt like one and probably helped my enjoyment. But I guess with that, we could finally get off the butt creed and move on to our last ten minutes. And what's this? <laughs> okay, we're going right. to take a break. We'll be back. <laughs> We are back with some nooses topics, a little bit, some boycotts, some porn, and, and something else. But, uh, Pete, why don't you introduce uh, the the stupid boycotts that never work?
0: Okay, so uh, last week or two weeks ago, whenever we've been talking about it a lot, the the Sonic one coming, you know, or not Sonic one, Sonic four, uh, the coming fourth out. Sonic ever, Project Needle Mouse, whatever. Um, the yeah, the new uh, rendition of Sonic that's being re- you know redone in 2d and uh so fans who apparently are upset about the fact that they're actually trying to make a good sonic game again have decided that uh they to start an internet petition and um get people to boycott sonic 4 by purchasing sonic 1 so i'm gonna quickly read over the story here on one up by dustin quillian i guess that's his name um so he writes, Sega hopes to rejuvenate their flagship, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Uh One group in particular isn't on board. Deranged Sonic fans, destructoid discovered an internet petition by sector gamers who believe, based entirely on the exceedingly brief footage that's been leaked, that their money would be better spent on downloadable versions of the original Sonic. Uh, here's a quote from the, uh, I guess, the petition. fan. This is Remember, this is a quote. Uh, fans of the Sonic series are like most Sega fans. We want their old games brought back to the glory days when Sega was pretty much the power in video games. Shitty grammar
1: and no capitalization, sorry.
0: Seeing the gameplay of Sonic 4 has made, us, has made many of us realize what we already knew. Sonic 4 will simply not be anywhere near as good as the original Sonic games, even though it looks like the original Sonic games. Uh, right. That's my own in- input there. Uh, continuing, either way, we will decide to finally show Sega what the fans truly want, a real Sonic 4. As long as Sonic 4 stays the way it is, we will not buy it. We will in fact, by Sonic what? 1 on release in protest of Sonic 4 until we end up with a retool or change. We want Sonic in HD, not Sonic Rush HD. We will not buy a future Sonic game till we get a true successor to Sonic 1 or 2. Uh, uh,
2: well, a true successor to Sonic 1 and 2 is Sonic 3, but we, we won't go. Yeah, there. exactly.
0: Um, I don't understand what the hell their point well, is. 3 was kind of eh. Why would you kind of, not want but it was a, a good... successor? <laughs> they're saying they want a good Sonic game, and again, I haven't played Sonic Rush, but from here, it's really great, and a Sonic Rush HD would probably be really good.
1: Okay, so did you see this footage before
0: they took it down? No. Wait, uh, isn't it the trailer they're talking about? No, or there was other footage.
2: Leaked... There's a link here.
0: Yeah, but it, they they had to take one up, They
2: one took one down, point down they the to screenshots. Down. Yeah, but there was oh yeah, I, I even said the footage. word
0: leaked, and I wasn't even listening to myself. <laughs> um. Like, it, okay, so I haven't seen the leaked footage, but yeah,
1: I'm assuming that I'm assuming that uh, it's got a lot of verticality because of because Oof. they mentioned Rush. I don't know, but like, you t- okay, first of all, Sonic Rush is a good fucking game. Period. The yep. end. Like, yeah, you know, it, it, it is pretty much Sonic and 2D. Maybe there's some 3D elements of the boss fights, but I think they handle them well. It is a good game. Okay. Second of all, and and this is what every, I'm sure everyone's wondering. How is giving the company that is making the product that you want to boycott? How is giving them money going to stop them from making that game?
2: Well, how is giving them money going to teach them a lesson? Exactly. That you don't like that game. It's like, oh, we don't like your game, so we're gonna buy another game that you made. What? If
0: Sega, <laughs> Sega could be smart and re-release a like an. Uh, an HD ver- is there already an HD version of Sonic One, or is it just a uh, it's like just a the original? The, okay, so the they, they should release really re-release. They should do an HD version of Sonic One on the same day they released Sonic Four, so that they can get the best of like both groups, <laughs> They'll get sales well, from everybody.
2: Honestly, they could just release Sonic Four and not work and spend money on doing an HD version of Sonic One and have these people buy Sonic One anyway. I mean, granted, <laughs> your point. Yeah. from Sega's point of view, who really gives a damn if they play the game or not? They're giving them the same amount of money. Well, not the same amount of money, because I think Sonic 1 is probably like a third of the price. But still, that's better than not getting anything. Like, boycotting Sonic 4 is not buying Sonic 4.
0: It'd be like the people who are pissed off about Left 4 Dead 2 buying Left 4 Dead.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And, and this, sure. this this uh, line here at the end of the article is... is very, very descriptive of what these people are trying to do. And the line is um, blah, 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 long-ass sentence. Uh, <laughs> blah, 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 about- <laughs> long-ass sentence. Yeah, oh, there it is. And what message exactly will Sega get if people march in droves to buy the nearly 20-year-old Sonic the Hedgehog instead of Sonic 4? It's sure to be about as effective as shopping at Sam's Club because you're boycotting Walmart. <laughs> well, mainly right. because Walmart owns Sam's, Sam's Club, Club. so right. it's fucking point. So uh let's see is this I the I, I just
1: found, I found the leak footage on one up someone has it so uh I, sorry the leak footage from one up on YouTube so I'm going to see what's so terrible about this gameplay footage that is so far looking like it's only going to be cam. 30 yeah looking like it's going to be only going to be 30 seconds of footage and I got something to say about that like just that concept and it looks really pretty okay And it looks like he's grabbing rings and jumping, okay? And he's jumping off a springboard. And he's... Okay, he bumped into someone and lost his rings, okay? (laughs) It sounds like Sonic 1. It sounds like
0: you're describing Sonic (laughs) 1.
1: Yes, he is jumping off the springboard again, and he's going down a loop-de-loop. He went across a loop-de-loop, okay? And he went into a little hidden area, and he is continuing to jump, and the game is still looking very pretty. He just used a springboard to grab a whole bunch of rings above him, and he went another another loop-de-loop, okay? I... Um, I am not really understanding what is so terrible about this. It's over, by the way. It, for, okay, let's say, for the sake of argument, that within this thirty 30-second snippet, 30 snippet of gameplay footage that there was something that they took objection to. Mm-hmm. Okay? Maybe there's one thing they took objection to, and they're going to, you know, uh, uh, what's the word? Spread it throughout the whole game? Maybe it was just one thing. Maybe it's it's one special thing at a level that maybe you don't like. Maybe it's a loop de loop that didn't go the way that you particularly like. Oh well. That doesn't mean that the whole entire game is going to be that. That's this is the problem with stupid people who who watch who who enjoy entertainment. Okay? They they see one snippet of one thing and automatically cast judgment. They read video game reviews and see a score that says Um, 9.5, and they say, oh, this game is going to be definitely good, and it's definitely going to be for me. It's the type of person, and there are many people who I knew on the GameSpot community who are like this, who are like, I don't ever buy any game that's below a 9.0. And it's like, how do you know it's for you? It's like, it's it's a 9.0, I've, you know, it's going to be good, and I, you know, I I won't buy a game that's an 8.9, because it does not meet my standards. Oh, well, I'm sorry, sir, I didn't know that you were, you know, so has such high standards. I'm sorry that, you know, an 8.9 can't be good enough for you. Or they see a snippet
0: of gameplay footage like this and say, oh, no, this is not for me. It's not good. Um, No, it's not going to work. I just want to say something. It's retarded. I just watched the video myself, and if someone didn't say this was leaked Sonic 4, I would have thought it was – or if I didn't know about the existence of Sonic 4, I would have thought it was an HD remake of the original Sonic. Sonic. 1. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's 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 even a moot point by them because there's nothing wrong with what I saw. I'm sorry. The only thing it's that like...
0: I saw that I didn't like, which I'm, it's still a work in progress. So I'm, as far as I know, so uh, when he was on like hills and stuff, and he stopped, whoever was playing stopped. There was no actual like. There was no uh, gravity. Yeah, nothing was pulling Sonic back down. Like he was just kind of standing there. So hopefully that'll get changed because like there was some sort of. Physics in the original science. There was some really. sort of gravity,
1: and 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 me, it, to be in all honesty, if they don't change that, it wouldn't bother me. But even if it did bother me, it's not something that
0: would make me go. Yeah, <gasps> uh, uh, it's it's not gonna no, it's not gonna be anywhere as good as this. <laughs> and I still <laughs> understand the point of people bitching about something when like you know the game's not out yet, and it's not like you're not gonna be able to try it before you buy it. You're gonna be able to try a demo, so why do you have to like be stupid? <laughs> it's it's funny because uh, listening to one
1: of the older Giant Bomb like Ryan Davis, went off on on the existence of Sonic Four, not saying that like that you know oh it's not going to or not saying what these people are, but he's like Sega has disappointed us so many times in the past that he just has no he doesn't believe in this anymore, and it's like I can understand that viewpoint, but at the same time like sometimes when he you know talks about things like this, it's like well have. This, if Sonic problem, this Sonic problem has mostly been within the format that they use Sonic in, 3D. This yeah. t- the 2D Sonic games thus far have been fine. They have been good. And and Jeff even brought up, he was like, Sonic Rush is pretty good. And he's like, all right, fine. But still, this has nothing to do with any of the old Sonic team members that were on it. Well, Sonic Rush didn't necessarily have anything to do with the old Sonic team members either, did it? So. No before you cast judgment why don't you let it come out first like i remember I hearing
0: ryan do that and i remember i think it was vinny or somebody on that cat on the on that particular episode was get, was actually saying that they were excited and ryan was kind of calling them stupid for being excited which yeah it was really it was dave, me. it was dave Snyder. yeah and, oh. uh,
1: like i he would just not let dave get an urge a word in edgewise and he kind of does that a lot and i'm not calling out any other you know game you know journalist or whatever but it's just like in, in this specific instant, like i felt bad for dave because it's just like look you know let him you know, let him be excited for this. Yeah. You know, because because by all rights, so far, what I've seen doesn't look bad. And from what I've seen of Sonic's track record in 2D, regardless of the fact that, no, Yuji Nakin ne- hasn't necessarily been involved in that, so what? They still made something decent. It's when it goes into a format shift that it bothers me. And so I think that, you know, I, I really honestly think that criticism is sorely misplaced. I'm not saying it's going to be good. I'm not saying it's going to be gad- bad. I'm saying there's no reason to shit on this one so much, either from the journalist standpoint or from a fan standpoint, let's just take a wait and see. If it was like cream fencing with like a a pogo stick and a 3D platformer, yeah, okay, I'd have a problem with that. But this is not that. There is no pogo stick. There is no cream. There is no fencing. Speaking so.
0: of pogo sticks and cream, should we move on to the Itagaki story? Oh, <laughs> nice
1: uh, pornographic segue. So what's this about the egomaniac this time? Enlighten
0: us, sir, please, uh, Basically, sir. Itagaki just came out and said that uh, he, he just wanted to make his own statement saying um, – and I'm going to read uh, the quotes here. Uh, please read
1: one... this and, and read this very
0: well because it's okay. just funny. It's from the one-up story. There's no uh, specific byline, just one-up staff. Um, but in its quotes uh, – Itagaki gave one up a letter and he says, To whom it may concern regarding the settlement with Tecmo LTD. Uh, That stands for limited, right? Limited, Mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. Very good, Pete. I, Tomonobu Itagaki, announced that a settlement was amicably. Amicably. Hyperbowl. Yeah. Reached on February 26, 2010, upon a mutual agreement with respect to the lawsuit for remuneration. Oh my God, I can't say remuneration. Remuneration. uh etc i can i can read these words i just can't say them <laughs> can i say these words <laughs> that i filed against Techmo limited claiming the payment of unpaid remun- 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 and <laughs> remuneration unpaid wages, and payment of oh. compensation for dismissal etc to all of my fans i thank you from the bottom of my heart for your great help with words of encouragement which have been extended to me so far i can't hardly wait <laughs> for the day of announcing my newest work in progress to you all but i promise you now that i will deliver to you an to you, an enjoyable game with depth that surpasses all the games I created before, and is worthy of being world-class entertainment. Please continue your unwavering support for me, Tomonobu Itagaki. So basically,
1: what this says to me, because you know he has such a huge ego that he like jerks off every other hour, I can imagine. Like, not to say that Hideki Kamiya doesn't have one too, because you know he routinely calls out Itagaki, but he. It, this basically says. So I got away with some shit, and I'm still really, really awesome. And you should all think I'm still really awesome, because I am. And you're wrong not. Thanks for thinking notes. I'm really awesome. Yeah, please continue. To, <laughs> please continue thinking that I'm so completely awesome, because I know that's what you think of me. Don't stop. Thanks, Inugaki. I, like I, I don't know the guy, and I like his games, but this is just like like he's just comical to me now. Like I I can't take him seriously. Like it, it, it's like. Yeah, he makes good games, but you know what, dude? Um, one part of me wants you to just shut up and and go away because well, no, stu- I don't no, want no, to no, go wait, away. Wait, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. I just want you to shut up and go away into your hole and just make games and, okay. and and just shut up. The other part of me wants you to keep talking because you make such an ass clown out of yourself that it's just too funny. Like I I, I don't know which one to go with. Like he's just ridiculous. Like and, and the, the, I think the worst part of this is, is that you know Hideki Kamiya comes out and says I made Bayonetta, I made Devil May Cry, and these games are better than Ninja Gaiden. And itagaki has got like a fist up his ass. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with him, but I'm better than him, you know. And this just makes it easier for someone like Kamiya to 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 make fun of him more. And I kind of don't want to say that happen because I think Ninja Gaiden is better than Devil May Cry. Simple as that. I think Itagaki's games are better than Kamiya's games. Uh, not you know not supremely supremely better but better enough for me to say that I prefer one of the other it's just i don't know it's 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 just comical please continue to think that i am awesome because yeah, i, I am say, I,
0: I agree with the shut up and make games part it, were, it, it, yeah,
1: yeah i i know but which is why you should have let me finish <laughs> but I, I, I would have said just shut up and go away if he was loud mouthed enough because at a certain point sometimes it just like sometimes it just makes me, me- so mad that I don't want to play the game anymore just knowing the person behind it which makes no sense I know but it just hits me and the- it just strikes a nerve sometimes I don't think I've ever come across no I think um I think it's starting to get to me with Activision Bobby, Bobby Kotick like all the Activision games I see I'm like uh-huh. Uh, I don't uh, I don't know uh, Guitar Hero 5 uh, like I I didn't buy a guitar I, I would probably end up guitar buying wow I would probably end up guitar buying I don't mm. know what language that's in but I would probably end up would have probably ended up buying Guitar Hero 5 eventually if it weren't for the fact that I'm just so sick and tired of everything behind it so and I won't buy it even though Muse is on it and there needs to be more Muse on Rock Band but yes Pete were you saying something or are you poking fun at my uh, my my wanting him to go away? No, I'm done. Uh, let's check the mailbag. Mailbag's empty. No. Uh, what about Ali, have, any... Ali, have anything to say about? The... No, I was gonna get to you. Sorry. I have anything to say about Itagaki and his awesomeness and his cigarette no, and him wasn't... wearing sunglasses at night?
2: I ain't got nothing to say about that.
1: <laughs> what about the I'm sunglasses? Try- I'm trying at night? to move on. <laughs> You're trying to move past your Itagaki part of your life?
2: No, I, I really don't give a shit about Itagaki.
0: Like I. I... <laughs> Speaking about giving a shit, how about these people that gave a shit about this game? Which one?
2: The uh, L story. <laughs> my my story, that's what I was talking about. What oh, I didn't see you paste it. From... I'm sorry. Um but it, if honestly we we don't have to
1: talk about it. No, 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 go. Go. I am I'm I I this this the, the eBay thing is is just funny.
0: Oh five 5 minutes go. Um
2: 5 minutes is quick. So, look at this um, box. Art. God. Let's see, what day was this posted? February 12th. So last week, based on February 12th, says so like February 5th. A lady. What? <laughs> what? Last no, week? No, I just got confused February... by the. Yeah, okay. just keep going. I was so a lady had posted an ad in eBay or an auction on eBay for a Nintendo and five games for nine ninety nine. That bid apparently went up to $13,105. Um, the reason why was because of a game called Stadium Events, which was a game made by Bandai that was produced for what is now called the Power Pad by Nintendo, but before that, before Nintendo actually bought it, it was called the Family Fun Fitness Mat. Bandai came out with two games that supported this mat. Of which there are only twenty in existence now, because after the short run of its limited release, which apparently was like less than two thousand, um, after Nintendo bought the Power Pad and everything, they destroyed all of the remaining copies of Family uh, of Stadium Events. So uh, yeah, that sold <coughs> with the Nintendo and the Five carts, thirteen thousand dollars. <gasps> now, aside from that. There is a factory sealed version of Stadium Events that just sold and for $41,000. And it still 000.
1: has it still has a little plastic tag behind it that you used to hang it up on the on the um on the shelf. Yes,
2: it is completely <laughs> unopened. <laughs> uh oh, this wow. is separate from the other uh one with the mom in the $13,000 that she sold again for $999. This game sold game. for $41,300. Jesus fuck all. And is now the um the the I think it's the most expensive game like the, the the highest price ever paid for a rare video game because uh the previous one was twenty thousand one hundred for a Nintendo campus. Right? Yeah. yeah uh well oh, says, no, 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 no I'm
1: sorry I'm wrong. That's something that he paid for before.
2: Right. Uh it's a Nintendo Campus Challenge. Campus
1: Challenge, okay.
2: Um and basically that's pretty crazy. Like for a rare game factory sealed to pay forty one thousand dollars is, is a lot of freaking money i mean this
1: pisses me off because like just because something's rare doesn't mean it's worth it yeah and on top of that just because it's
2: factory sealed and rare i mean you're a collector sure and you pay forty one thousand dollars for this game that you're not even gonna open and do you think that i guess he the person who bought it must think that one day they're gonna be able to sell it for more with and, their and you know what? Collection they, they, of they might games.
3: be they
1: might be able to and that's what's sad about this right <laughs> and
2: then you have to think about the poor sap who just purchased like that game along with another like 30 or 40 titles that are all factory sealed and rare for 8.2 billion dollars <laughs> and he's like wow i'm sitting on a whole bunch of nintendo games that i'm not even going to play i paid 8.2 million or billion dollars for it what are you going to sell it for now and um uh, i find it really funny that you I'm know the stadium events game I look really closely at this screen that's on the box and I realize I have this game <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's world class track meet dude you that oh, shit no it's not world class track meet probably won't sell for so much because yeah. it was uh, mass produced with the power pad it was included yeah. with every power pad and mind you I don't have the power pad but I have world class track meet don't well, even in... like it, and what's weird about that is that I used to have a box on Nintendo games which is completely I don't know where to fight it's gone and out of that box of Nintendo games, I have, like, four. And that's one of them. Very, very weird.
1: Anyway. I'm just looking at this price tag, and I'm just like, wow. A $30 console game. And, yeah, and it, and that it was in 1984. And I know that I know it's in 1984 now, it's old, and I know that there's inflation and stuff. But just looking at the price tag and then thinking about the fact that Super Mario Brothers 3 sold for $80 at places. True. And and Chrono Trigger sold for 88 And yep. it... I... Uh, Wow. You know, yeah. And it, yeah. And, and, but it also makes me think, like, $30 got you stadium events. Well, now $30 gets us, like, something like Etrian Odyssey, which lasts you, like, 50 hours because that shit is so goddamn hard. Yep. So, um Well, that's just how games
2: have evolved over the days. What? That's just how games have evolved oh, over yeah, the days. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But now we can buy a, com- a commander rearm for 10 bucks.
2: Right. And that, there's another article. On and the I still platform. have to play that. Mm hmm. <laughs> There's another article in Kotaku about how games like that digital releases are undermining the value of the collectible hard copies, which is good. good. Yeah, good (laughs) because
1: it's funny because like okay, so let me uh, let me make a sushi analogy before we end this really quick. Okay, so you know the rarer pieces cost more, and sometimes the rarer pieces taste really good, but sometimes they really don't. And I'm like, I paid X amount of dollars for this thing that I really don't even like. What the fuck is the point? It's just retarded. Like, if if I were to plug in, and I probably... that That's what's even worse. At least with Sushi, you can eat it. With these games, like, oh, I, uh, I can't breathe on it, or else it's going to lose value. Oh, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, if comic books, which are, you know, if, if an issue is really good, and it has some really good artwork, and, like, the cover is really awesome, like Wolverine 50 or something, I can kind of understand that. But...
2: You won't yeah. even open it to read it.
1: Yeah, like I'd buy another shittier copy to read it, but you know, be, it, because its content is good. But if you sold me like, I, oh, I'm trying to think of a really shitty game. That's right. What, I'll go with this game, whatever it was called, because I close the window. I don't uh, Bandai Family Fitness. Okay, I don't give a shit.
2: Well, you don't, but someone else does.
1: No, I know, but I'm, in terms of the quality of the game,
2: right? Even even the the I don't even think they think about the quality of the game. You just think about how many copies are in circulation.
1: Right. but right, my, like, my, my, That's what... my. My point is that, like, is is totally what you're saying. Is the fact that they care about this shit, but not for the quality. And to me, it just ends up making me mad when something sells for that much when there's no quality to it and they don't care about the quality. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm really against it.
0: I was mm-hmm. gonna say, like, I think that's why the digital distribution of these old games shouldn't actually matter to the collectors because you're not opening the game to play it. You're you want that sealed right. game, right? Because it, it, there's only so many of that actual physical item in circulation. So why does the digital release actually matter? Right. the The DS copy of Chrono Trigger is not the Super Nintendo cartridge of Chrono Trigger, right? You know.
1: So they should stop whining about that and go ahead and spend their stupid money. Well, I save my money <laughs> and buy and buy thirty dollars copies of Chrono Trigger for DS instead of eighty eight. No, how much are they going for new sealed? Like five hundred dollars in Super Nintendo. Let's see eBay.
2: Load up, and Chrono Trigger SNES. Chrono Trigger for Super Nintendo currently on eBay goes for... Uh, anywhere between 16 and $50. There's a $150 one. Oh, okay, so it's not uh, that bad. Wait. Oh, chrono no. Trigger SNES Super Nintendo factory sealed new $3,000. <laughs> wait, wait,
3: wait, 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 wait.
2: Thirty-four ninety-nine. There's much? another one. Thirty-four ninety-nine. Three thousand four hundred ninety-nine dollars ninety-nine cents. VGA silver grade mint with vertical seam. What the fuck is that?
1: It, it, it's it's just to get you to buy it. I don't know. <laughs>
2: um, it's got wait, it's got the old case thing on it too, which is weird. You know the little plastic case. The, the, yeah, the yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Wait. VGA Silver Level consisted of grades 80 blah 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 which received grades from having small floats. Oh, it's... VGA is a, an organization, Video Game Authority, and they oh. rated it.
1: Okay. That's right what it did. is. Nice. Okay. Well. Alright, well, this is all making me sick and I'm hungry. So... Uh-huh. Any last remo- Any last words? I already um, told
0: people to buy Plants vs. Zombies, right? Yes, you did. Yes, okay, you tell, did. Them, I, tell them again because they should. I reiterate that statement. Buy Plants vs. Versus versus zombies.
1: Oh, I was hoping Al would jump in with one of the words.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I was busy looking for how much... Uh, also, buy heavy rain. Going
1: Let's try it again. Buy plants. plants versus... <laughs> fuck. <laughs> my
0: okay. plants versus fuck? Yeah. Buy hey, plants where... versus rain.
1: <laughs> just... Pete, where
0: where can we find you updating your status about pl- plants versus rain status? You... Well, um, you can find me on Facebook, even though I don't really update my status that much. But I add videos, and they're fun to watch. We. <laughs> Al, hair guitar.
2: alexander 2 kblockspotcom still not updated, but maybe if I take pictures tonight
1: during my recording session, I'll have something to post. Wee, 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 wee. Uh, shark versus w uh, w w dot sharkversusoctopus dot com. W w shark versus octopus uh, apply directly okay. to the no, because I was gonna say apply directly to the forehead. So uh. but um yes, the versus is spelled out. www is necessary, and go to DrFishyPants.com, or else he will not save your life with his kidney.
0: Oh, one um, last thing. Yep. Uh, anyone who listens to this podcast, uh, you know, we, we've stopped asking people to write in because nobody does it anyway, but if you listen to this podcast... Please write you, in. And you're, No, I was going to say, if you're listening to this podcast and you're going to PAX East, just write in to let us know that you're going to PAX East, because all three of us will be there, and we'd like to know if any of our listeners are going to be. All two of you. <laughs> yep.
1: And so with that, for have that the... the, 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 the that has been Pete. Yep, that was me. And this has been Al.
2: Yeah, uh, Sukadev is still going for like $150. And oh, I still shit. have myself a like a mid-copy of that game.
1: Nice. And I have been and in, in may may not necessarily be for a while. Or will continue to be. I haven't determined that yet. We'll be Austin and shit like that and hosting. Yeah, and we're done. So with that...
0: Uh, Remuneration. Ha- Remuneration. Remuneration.
1: down with the michael jackson may he rest in peace should have hidden remuneration